0: 18- hey this is david k and you're listening to the Geekcast cast radio network all
1: right this is going that's going let's get this show on the road uh, yes it's a good, good
2: <clears throat> warm-up for me and mikey to get back into the, the mm-hmm. swing of things for you yeah, right right oh
1: right. yep. there is nothing wrong. Too. i feel like amy and nicole are here now mm. oh lord wake up
3: you, you gotta give me like a quiet on the set. I'm gonna do an uh-huh. intro. Sorry. Shut about the that. hell up, damn it. Yeah, man. there <laughs> it is. That's the line. There we go.
1: There's nothing wrong with your podcast player. Do not attempt to adjust the volume. Hello and welcome back into our studio. You are now inside Studio 2009. I am, of course, TFG and Mike. And joining me are two other mics. The first Mike has multiple podcasts. And the second Mike is the cohort of one of the first Mike's podcasts. So it's their podcast. As they are two mics two furious, we have Mike Seibert. Hello, sir. Hey, buddy. And Michael Andrews. Hello, sir.
2: Hello. The other Mike is here.
1: That's right. And uh, the other line at the end of this, hi, Mikes, how the hell have y'all been? (laughs) Dynamite. Dynamite. (laughs) Dynamite. I know, Mike, between the three of us, we have six Mikes here, folks. Yeah. Uh, We we are three Mikes and we are three Furious. Uh Uh-huh. If only the character was here, we could have four Mikes, four Furious, if Jennings was here. Talking yes. about reverse engineering. Uh, <laughs> today we are, speaking of, reverse engineering and celebrating the 20th anniversary of the film Paycheck, which stars a future Batman and Harvey Dent slash Two-Face, as well as a previous Dr. Pamela Isley slash Poison Ivy. Paycheck is a John Woo Batman film that we didn't know we needed in
3: 2003. <laughs> That's good. that yeah. That's that's about as good a jumping off point as you need. I love it. And I mean, and it's so yeah. it's so interesting about this movie is that it really is kind of a time capsule in a way. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you I mean, 2003, you've got you've got Ben Affleck coming off a of Daredevil. You got Uma Thurman coming off a of Kill Bill volume one. The 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 cast is stacked. And and I think I'm hoping that part of the goal of having this conversation is that maybe we get a couple more eyeballs on this because I think it's kind of from uh it's a movie that time forgot. I yeah. don't I don't know like I had a lengthy conversation with uh, one of my buddies here at work. He saw my uh, uh vintage DVD that I've been uh carting around and he's like paycheck. What the hell is that? <laughs> I was like I was like it's a John Woo movie and um and. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is going to come up later in conversation, but I, I don't know if either of the mics have heard about the current John Woo movie now in theaters called Silent Night, I had to look it up because I did not believe the blurb. The blurb says it's John Woo's first American movie in 20 years, his first American movie since Paycheck, and I'm like, I refuse to believe that. And it's sure crazy. enough, that that is absolutely accurate. I don't know if I'm gonna go see the the Silent Night. I like Joe Kinnaman just fine, but uh, um, <laughs> I, I I don't know if that one's for me. I'm sure something we'll talk about a little bit is kind of our relationship with the the oeuvre of uh, of john woo but i may be getting ahead of myself i've uh, yeah. he's 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 a, certainly a polarizing uh director with a spotting batting average let's uh let, let's put it that way
1: i mean yeah the, the average might be a little off in the last 20 almost 30 years but it's a pretty damn good average and we will get into that any initial thoughts from you mr andrews sir uh, well, it's funny you should mention, like,
2: nobody's seen this movie because as I was telling my coworkers about it today, and of course none of them had seen it, I was like, well, it's interesting because I found the two other people in the world that have seen it. We found each other on the Internet, and now we're doing a podcast about it. Tonight, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what's a podcast?
1: What's a, what's yeah. a podcast? Uh, it's uh, yeah, right. iPod meets podcast. This is 2005 all over again. Yeah. Oh, right. boy. Uh, so, and, somebody
3: somebody gave me a radio and I reversed engineered it to do uh, right.
1: radio on the Internet.
3: And I invented Mm-mm. podcasting, but I don't remember any of it.
1: Mm-mm. No, 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 no. And the funny thing is, and I did not plan this, but it's just the way it's happening. Merry Christmas, everybody, because 20 years ago. Today, I am releasing this December 25th, 2023. Wow. 20 years ago today, Paycheck was released, and holy crap. To understand how something works, you must first take
4: it
2: apart and unravel its secrets. Only then can you build something better. The process is called reverse engineering, and in the near future, corporations will rely on it to gain access to their competitors' secrets.
1: Michael Jennings is the
5: best reverse engineer in the business.
1: All right, what's the pitch?
5: I can't tell you. Other than to say that it involves optics.
1: What are you trying to see?
5: What he's hired to create. Whatever it is he's asking you to do,
0: don't do it. He's paid to forget. And we are now extracting his memory from the marker forward to the present. But this time... What happened? You're done. How long was it, Jimmy? It's been three years, Mike. The rules of the game have changed. What's going on? A mistake has been made. Here,
3: what you need to do is tell us everything that you did right now. I can't! You wipe my memory.
1: And all he has are 19 pieces to a puzzle. I just need to find out who sent
5: these items. Well, you did. Don't you remember doing that, sir? He must solve to stay alive. <laughs> From John Wu, the director of Face Off and Mission Impossible 2, and
0: the author who brought us Blade Runner and Minority Report. Our boy didn't give himself these items because
1: he saw Happily Ever After. Ben Affleck. I saw my future, and I saw what I needed to change it.
0: Aaron Eckhart. Michael Jennings is not a super agent, he's an
5: engineer. Uma Thurman
6: Don't you have secrets?
5: I think I'm pretty good at keeping
0: them Your future awaits you no matter what you do Hurry up!
1: Yeah, like uh, like they said, John Wu, Ben Affleck, Uma Thurman, Aaron Eckhart. Uh, who else is in this? Paul uh, Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Yeah,
3: literally Hall. every character actor you can think of. I mean, you you got freaking Dexter in this. Michael C. Hall Michael himself C. Hall. A- as like Joe Morton's number
1: two. Yep. He's like
3: not. He's not even the main FBI guy. He's like the number two guy.
1: Yep. So it's funny because. Three years before this, back in 2003, so 2000, you had Gone in 60 Seconds, and you had Delroy Lindo and Timothy Oliphant with Delroy playing Castlebeck and Oliphant playing his, like, detective underling dude. Same thing here. You have Joe Morton's character playing the lead detective and Michael C. and it's a good thing I looked up all these, some of these people beforehand because I know I've seen Michael C. Hall's name before. I just didn't know where from because I didn't remember because I've never seen Dexter. It was just not on my radar. I'll watch it eventually, one of these days, maybe. But I'm looking at his filmography and I'm like, holy shit, Paycheck was his film debut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wow. I didn't know. Yeah, according to uh, – you take Wikipedia with a grain of salt, but the way their website is it, – it's better for my eyesight than IMDb. But, yeah, and then his television debut was in 99 as Jerry Klein on As the World Turns. So he started yeah. on Soaps on TV, and but, yeah, Paycheck as Agent Klein was – oh, wait a minute. No way. You mean to – no, there's no way. Okay, this is going to be crazy. If Jerry Klein, the role from As the World Turns, is the same Klein as in this movie, that's just going to be weird.
3: That's a wow. shared cinematic universe. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> because they're spell- the Klein, the, the last name Klein is spelled the same damn way. So I don't know, uh, but yeah, yeah, just the facts on this thing. Uh, budget was sixty million. It made one hundred and seventeen point two. So at least it doubled its money back. So it made huge money- hit yeah huge (laughs) huge sleeper hit and if it wasn't for one split second scene i would not have known or remembered that this was a john woo movie can either of you guess which scene i realized this was a john woo movie the dove it's got to be the dove motherfucking white dove <laughs> it's
3: gotta be and and it's so funny because i hadn't watched this movie in in forever and i i ended up watching it over two nights and it, it it's a tale of two halves like because like that first half is a little bit of a slog but like once it gets going when you get to like you know the signature action scene and I, I started doing this calculation I was like wow this is the most not John Woo movie that has ever John Woo and then it started knocking loose I was like oh right yes <laughs> now I
2: remember now we're home chewy we're home yep and, and the uh, the dove progressively in John Woo films gets like more and more ridiculous right like it starts as a pretty subtle dove and then yeah. by the time you get to paycheck it's like neon
1: glowing uh, Like supernatural though Yeah mm-hmm. So let's talk about Mr. Wu's batting average here First film I ever saw Of his was Broken Arrow In 96 and then Face Off in 97 Mission Impossible 2 Wind Talkers, We got Paycheck here And then like we said He's done a bunch of international films Like Red Cliff parts 1 and 2 mm-hmm. Reign of Assassins The Crossing 1 and 2, Manhunt And then this year his return to us cinemas with with silent night uh, i'd say the the average isn't like horrible i mean broken arrow face off and mission impossible 2 those are th- okay say what you want about mission impossible 2 but i mean oh, i you will know. nothing and bad I, here
3: <laughs> and, and i know michael andrews will as well exactly. uh-huh. i i mean that that's the, i think that is what forever cemented our friendship it's like you like that movie i like that movie quite a lot and yeah. and then like much like uh arnold schwarzenegger and carl weathers in predator it's like you know we we do like the you know the 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 arm wrestle fist grab and then you know i mean get just
2: bonded <laughs> for life i was gonna make a stepbrothers reference but yeah same difference
3: yeah,
1: same difference and I guess we can make it a trio because that's one of my favorites. I think the only one that I have not absolutely liked, at least out of the ones I've seen, because as of this recording, Dead Reckoning is not on Paramount Plus yet or wherever the hell it's going to land. I assume Paramount because it's a Paramount movie. But uh, yeah, three, three was okay, but there was too many exploding heads.
2: Oh, sure. Oh, three is my
1: favorite. Yeah. Really? I I was gonna say
3: that that's a very Michael Andrews
1: movie. (laughs) Yes, yes (laughs) it is.
3: and, and I'm hoping through this, this through this conversation we kind of get into what makes for a uh, copyright TM TM Michael Andrews movie because I think it's a very specific thing and I I think I have some some specific thoughts on it but I would be interested to workshop that here but yeah Mission Impossible yeah. three a very Michael Andrews movie um and and also uh TFG one Mike sorry to correct you on your own show but it's 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 Dead Reckoning Part One you know Whatever. it's it's, it's and, and, and it's no and i bring this up for a very specific reason because i i am so i i get so bogged down in title legislation Let, let's break this down so the the name of the movie it should it's missing impossible seven but instead yep. they call it mission colon impossible dash dead reckoning comma part one uh so much punctuation in there but i don't know if you guys saw this or not but recently they've announced that the eighth mission impossible movie will not be named dead reckoning part two they're going to give it like a, you know it's a it's a real infinity war end game well, situation because remember it was supposed to be infinity war part one and part two yeah. i now have a steelbook 4k on the way (laughs) that is that is etched on the box dead reckoning part one and there's never going to be a dead reckoning part two it's 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 just driving you insane i i i hate that that is the stuff you know um, you you kind of learn to like you know not sweat the small stuff and i always scoff at that and i only sweat the small (laughs) stuff and that that is something that will probably drive me mad till the end of my days it, I'm I'm really Ben Ass shape about
1: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Untitled eighth film, twenty twenty-five. <laughs> wow. Really? Like That's hilarious. Oh God. <laughs> okay, so wait. Yeah, this is not the mission impossible episode. This is not the mission impossible episode, but it's gonna turn into that. Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. Rogue Nation Uh and Fallout are kind of part one, part two to each other. Fine. They're Mm -hmm. two different titles. It still has the mission, colon, impossible, dash, whatever. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I don't really like whatever. Dead Reckoning. And let's talk about the whole thing of everything has to be part one, part two. Why can't you just have – not that everyone wants a three-hour film or a six-hour film, but why can't you just have one damn film be the one damn film and not have to break it up into two parts? Like, well, who do you I, think you are, George Lucas? <laughs>
3: well, I I agree, and um, Michael Andrews, have you have you seen The Dead Reckoning?
2: I have not, and I'm very excited to, but I did not get to see it in theaters. It,
3: it it's terrific. It is it is one of my it's probably my favorite movie of the year that isn't Barbie. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> lord, but it's it, the the thing that that makes it go is that yes, it's got this this bullshit part one. Uh, title to it, but it's also very self-contained. It ends on a bit of a cliffhanger, but it's 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 a cliffhanger in the sense of like, ooh, I can't wait to see what's next. It's not like one of those, um, I don't know, like like a Matrix revolution uh Resurrections that Reloaded. It's like it's not like the end of Matrix Reloaded where it literally just cuts to black it's not one of those it has a very satisfying ending (laughs) and
1: so it's not like star wars where everybody gets a medal and then that's it
3: Right, right. What <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's a complete movie. So it's yeah. like, so I, I don't want to necessarily see like a, a six-hour dead reckoning part one, part two, because part one kind of sits on its own. Weren't we here to talk about paycheck? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
2: Well, I was gonna say I'm sensing kind of a edge of tomorrow live die repeat situation in oh, Tom Cruise yeah. titled films. Yeah I just can't That's lock that. it down. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. All you
3: need is kill. I mean, the the going. title was right there. You just do that.
1: Yeah, so Paycheck. I know there are plenty of other movies out there about reverse engineering, but this is probably the only one I really remember. <laughs> this one,
2: I mean, I put it on the map for me. I definitely discovered what it was uh, from this yep. movie. Mm-hmm.
1: So you got Michael Jennings, who is a reverse engineer, and he has to do all this stuff, and then his buddy, played by Aaron Eckhart, who is Harvey Dent Two-Face in the future, Uh, basically is the villain of the piece, Jimmy. And yeah, Michael builds this, uh, future predicting machine for him and it predicts a war. So we got to go to war because everything is war. Don't you know, everything is kill. (laughs) Yep. Nope. <laughs> bunch of kill everything. Look, see, I can pull it into the other universe, too, you uh, know. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he basically, instead of taking the the shares and the $92 million and all this and all that, he sends himself everyday ordinary items so he can reverse engineer his life and figure out what the hell Jimmy wanted to do as the villain. And I'm synopsizing this from my brain. I'm not actually reading anything off of this Wikipedia. This gold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I literally, like, I've seen seen the film twice in the last week and a half, and I just finished it 20 minutes ago, <laughs> so it should be very
2: fresh in my
1: brain. And then Super he
2: remembered fresh. we were doing
1: this podcast. That's no, how much he this No, no, no. I knew we were movie. doing the podcast. Yeah.
3: No, no, no. And then it turned out they wiped his memory, right?
1: <laughs> you know, there are certain things I do. With, yeah, well, yeah, oh, boy, memory wipes, jeez. Don't uh, don't let that heart rate go above 40. Yikes. Or brain <laughs> rate or whatever the hell it is. Cook your
3: brain. I th- I think Cook. it's a uh, temperature.
1: It, yeah, it's yeah,
3: yeah, like it's, like your brain gets too yeah. hot cuz like, you know, Ben Affleck's getting like really sweaty and so he's like, "Oh no, quit quit playing a Space Invaders with with my little brain memories." Like, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> I, I I like that there's like a little sizzling crackle like every yeah. time Giamatti zaps one and it's like, "Oh no, brain getting a little too hot, a little too hot."
1: yep <laughs> yeah so let's uh let, let's go in alphabetical order of last name mr andrews what did you think of the film overall uh well when i first saw it i loved it
2: it was like right in my sweet spot uh for film going this is what i wanted in a movie there was you know i was a lot more of a romantic back then too so like it was the love story actually really hit and i was like oh perfect i love it this is what it needed uh, also, there's martial arts in it. I couldn't get enough martial arts back in the day. So gimme gimme. Yeah. Plus, it's sort of a time travel movie a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's that's big time for me. I was actually talking to my buddy because he is obsessed with time travel movies and he's got a list of like every movie that's cons- he considers time travel. And I asked him if this was on the list and he's like, yeah, it definitely is. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I don't know. Do you guys did you guys think of it as a time travel movie?
3: not not, spe- r- not specifically but that yeah, is no. fascinating to think about you know cuz like you know what is lost memory if not lost time you know what is a yeah. uh, reclaiming memory but traveling through time and with the fortune telling aspect of the machine there you know there there's right. there's prediction and that that does kind of imply time travel i don't i don't know if that passes my bar because I I associate time travel with – physical yeah physical transportation (laughs) like it was funny i I was watching my vintage dvd of paycheck and one of the trailers on there was for the uh paul walker r.i.p uh led picture timeline i don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys remember Ah, that michael Crichton. joint the michael Crichton book which i remember liking at the time good book not so great movie uh r.i.p paul walker but yeah it was just now that's a time travel movie so paycheck is more kind of like a metaphysical time travel if you if you want to parse it out but i i would i wouldn't necessarily put it in that category for me
1: right yeah and i mean for me it's like it the only time travel thing i see in this besides like mike just said about predicting the future and all that is when he goes under when he goes whatever he does gets shot in the arm whatever and he goes three months or three years or whatever the hell it you know what i mean like that's kind of time travely, but yeah you need a delorean you need a police box if you're into police boxes or whatever <laughs> uh, you need something that actually takes you forward and backward through time for it to be a you mean like a
2: chair that you get clamped into oh, uh that dang. that shoots you three years into the future in uh, a blink of a, an eye is that a rick and morty joke no it's a this no, movie that's, joke but it also yeah, fits yeah, yeah. that's
3: freaking it literally it happens,
2: happens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's but i guess i guess though you know oh michael andrews you're turning me around on this um <laughs> no because he he travels three years into the future technically, technically i mean at least as far as his perception goes
1: yeah because right? they say It'll be three years for us, but it'll be like five minutes for you. So it, yeah, t- okay. So it's like Interstellar. Yeah, Got yeah, it. It's, oh. Uh, oh, it's a flat circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please don't say flat. Sur- You're gonna make the flat earthers come out, man. Don't do that. <laughs> that's, we don't. They're we don't already need that here. No. <laughs> oh lord. Oh, should have ended be better. Yeah, I, I guess we should have. <laughs> but then again i let anybody on this show so let me ask you your uh your your buddy his, is uh the time traveler's wife on his list yes yep it I is i, I love that movie i haven't seen that one actually oh well future well, episode in 2024 ladies and gentlemen it's a yeah. yeah it's it's a good one i like it uh it's but pay, it, it's it's fun. it's Not fine it's fine sure. Seattle and knock you out. <laughs> it's a little strange actually, but it's it it's yeah. Uh so paycheck, I I did not see this in theaters. Did you guys see this in theaters when it came out? Yeah, you didn't? I don't remember seeing it in theaters. <laughs> Okay. Because your memory got erased.
3: Yeah, I know, right? It, they they gave you that shot in the arm, and next thing you know, it was it was twenty years later, and you're talking to two other guys named Mike. It's like, Who <laughs> are you guys? Who are you?
1: And yeah, what, exactly. what are we talking about here? It's like give me your boots, your motorcycle, and blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
3: There you go. I um uh for for me i i i definitely saw it in the theater and i remember this actually very vividly you know you have certain movie going memories that you kind of kind of keep with you and and this one ended up kind of being uh kind of special to me and i i didn't realize it you know cuz like like memories are like muscles you know it's like if you don't use them you kind of forget and this was kind of a little bit of a forgotten memory for me when when the when this movie came out back in 2003 i was uh working an inventory job i would go count inventory in different retail stores and right after christmas was our busiest time of the year so basically from the 26th through the beginning of February was basically like, I'm, I'm gone for all hours doing like split shifts, double shifts, you know, uh, uh working incredibly hard and being gone for an incredible, um, amount of time. I would not recommend it, uh, for anybody ever. And, uh, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk in a, a different time. Like, you know, I remember Michael Anders and I did a, a, episode on Transformers 2007 with, uh, Ryan Jett from Autopod Decepticast and kind of talked about like the unremarkable middle time in my life that kind of represented, uh, was represented in 2007. In 2003, this was kind of like the beginning of that. You know, I was, I was incredibly obsessed with work and not as present at home as I should have been, you know, just, you know, for, for family, friends, um, you know, letting, letting personal relationships go to the wayside. And, you know, my wife and I would go to movies pretty frequently and we still do, but this, this was a movie that we were both very interested in and, but we were struggling to figure out when we wanted to go see it. And I, I forget what day of the week it, that was but we didn't see it on christmas day but we saw it on the 26th and the 26th like i said is usually the kickoff to my busy time i was working that afternoon and my wife out of nowhere is just like hey man how about before you go to work let's go see a movie i'm like oh okay uh, but you know i have to go to work and all that stuff now we got plenty of time we'll be fine And so we, we go on like this, you know, late morning, early afternoon date, we go, we go watch the paycheck and I go off to work with, instead of like a chip on my shoulder, I kind of went with kind of like a little bit of a spring in my step because it was, it was, you know, something nice that I wasn't expecting. And it kind of, you know, I mean, I don't want to compare work to, you know, meaningful tasks or, or whatever, but it kind of, it kind of gave me like, Oh, you know, there's other things to life. And you know, it's, it's basically
1: gave you a Peter Gibbons moment where you just went in with the drill and just started drilling holes in the door.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. So like, and I had forgotten about that until I started watching the movie. And then I started like, it started like unlocking all like these weird Uh, sense memories like you know like i i the the theater that we went to was like particularly run down so i just uh you know it's like i I remember like the seats being kind of torn and the floor being kind of sticky and i didn't realize that until i was watching this you know seeing what was going on screen and hearing hearing it it just unlocked this flood of sensory memories that again I, i I'll be straight with you guys that I had not thought of in 20 years. So it was kind of like a weird, surreal experience, not unlike what uh, Ben Affleck's character goes through as he remembers glimpses of what he saw in the machine. You know, obviously you have the the scene on the catwalk that plays out multiple times. There's, there's flashes of his relationship with Uma Thurman and I'm, I'm not trying to be so melodramatic as to my experience was like that but it, it like it kind of came back to me in flashes it was it, it was really kind of strangely profound i i know that that's kind of a little more deep than, than probably what you were looking for oh yeah i went to no, i went no. to i went to go see it and it was it, it was fine and but yeah it just it, it really just kind of ended up being more important to me than i think it was intended to be but but even so, here I am, uh, 20 years later, speaking quite romantically about it. I think I've been hanging out with my buddy Michael
2: Andrews too much. Yeah, wow. I get a little soft about it. Yeah. I was gonna say I like the idea that uh, your wife uh, was like, "Let's go see a movie," and you're like, "No, work, 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 work," and then you're yeah. like, "She's like, the movie's called Paycheck," and you're like, "All right, work stuff. I'll see it.
1: <laughs> I'll get paid thematic. later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll get paid later. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh huh. And I did say a, check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> check, please." Uh, <laughs> and I did a quick little calendar search It was a Thursday, Christmas Day in 2003
3: Ah, gotcha, so yeah, so this would be Friday then Oh, that's interesting mm-hmm. Oh, and, I, I, and I'm i sure I was incredibly busy that weekend as well So I bet you that's what it was I, I'm like litigating this in real time Because <laughs> I, I was I was probably you know? doing doubles on the weekend And literally didn't have time So it's like, well, well shit, well let's just go Friday before you go to work
1: Yep. That's you know, hey. Any anytime they suggest stuff like that, it's like you you shut up, you listen, you do whatever they say. That's <laughs> that's home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I my not... story
2: of seeing okay. it uh yep. isn't quite wow. as epic. Um but <laughs> I but I was home, I I do know that I was home from my sophomore year of college, Christmas break, so I definitely would have seen this movie. That's all there was to do in that time between. And I'm I'm I know I went with my friend Chris, and I'm 90% sure my friend Lindsay was there. But I asked her tonight. I texted her. I just said, "Do you remember seeing Paycheck, uh, Ben Affleck, 2003 Christmas?" And she goes, "Do you mean Reindeer Games?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> <know> Reindeer Games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a year before." <laughs> <laughs> but she was there, Lindsay. If you're listening, you were there.
3: That's uh, you know, sorry to interrupt you, Michael Andrews. But like that, that's that's also a very specific memory I had because like my my wife and I we we we're we're Ben Affleck heads. I mean, still even now, yeah. And we went, and there there's a particular scene in Reindeer Games that's uh, uh especially uncomfortable when you're there with a lady friend. It's just <laughs> like, ah. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Like, lady, put 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 your shirt back on, but also kind of
2: don't. <laughs> All moments with Ben Affleck on screen are uncomfortable for me, if you know what I mean.
3: All right, Mr. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hamilton. <laughs> like the back of a Volkswagen? That's pretty much, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's That's what it is. Good old Mr. Hamilton. And since we are talking about Mr. Affleck, let's talk about his filmography, because holy crap. I did not know he was an extra in Field of Dreams. Uh, oh, he cool. was in School Ties. He was in the '92 film from Buffy. He was the basketball player, Basketball Player Ten. Oh. He did a. She directed his, his first short film, I Killed My Lesbian <laughs> Wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a three-picture deal at Disney. I kind of want to see this now, just based on that title. I don't know why.
3: Yeah, it's wow. a it, it's a real reverse Gone Girl situation <laughs> there. Pretty <laughs> much, know. yeah. Uh, like Seibert can... says, it's too long. The title's too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you need more punctuation.
1: Where, yeah. Where's the <laughs> colons? The Where? Give so, me an M dash. Let's go. Well, it's got two commas, one dash between three and picture. So oh, I, think <laughs> <something>. <laughs> I think we're onto something. I think we're cooking here. Yeah, and Confused. Obviously, like we mentioned, Shannon Hamilton, that idiot asshole from Fashionable Male and Mall Rats.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, chasing Amy as Holden McNeil. Yep. Yes. Uh, let's see. Obviously, Chucky e. Sullivan, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, he was in Shakespeare in Love. Uh, apparently, according to some people, he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Uh, <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. And he then. Was.
1: <laughs> is he the only good thing about that movie because i've never seen that movie
3: <laughs> yeah i don't know no. if i've actually seen it
2: yeah. i like it because it's a dean Koontz movie that got made and i think uh yeah. stephen king is poor man's dean Koontz. Yeah. Ooh, hot take <laughs> uh, I, yeah i don't i don't disagree
3: with the take but i i appreciate that you stick your neck out like that right Bold <laughs> take I,
1: yeah, I was reading – yeah, I probably need to watch this movie because I was reading a whole bunch of Dean Kuhn's books back then. Uh, and uh, two of his movies, which Michael Andrews and I will probably have to do in the future, uh, Hideaway and Mr. Murder. Oh, wow. Yep. I haven't seen either of those, actually. Real, oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, we okay, making plans. Let's do it. Uh, Hideaway is <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> In the lead character, I believe, if I remember correctly without looking it up. And then Mr. Murder has Stephen Baldwin in the lead wow. character role as, uh, as Martin Stillwater. Uh, yeah, and then obviously um, A.J. Frost in Armageddon, which uh, previous episode to this, uh, my friend Z uh, Chaos Queen and I, she and I discussed 25 years of Armageddon because that movie is old as hell now, too. Uh, Dogma, Forces of Nature... Bounce Oh god Mm -hmm. (laughs) (sighs) Oh and I need to correct myself Before the audience comes after me Reindeer Games was 2000 not 2002 So Reindeer Games was three years before This Before Paycheck Obviously, Jan, Silent Bob, Strike Back. I mean, the man has Pearl Harbor. He's got just everything.
2: G Lee, have we got to G yet?
1: No.
3: We're
2: we're not quite there yet because
3: <laughs> no, here, here's the well because <laughs> the thing that's fascinating about this moment in time, like I said, that this the this movie paycheck is kind of like a weird time capsule too, mm-hmm. because we're kind of like at the cusp of Benifer. Like yeah. like it hasn't hasn't quite happened yet, but it's about to. So it's 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 a fascinating
2: moment in time. We're nearing yeah. the event horizon of.
1: Ben yeah. Affleck. So I mentioned this to you guys off air. I th- I don't know if I mentioned it to you, Michael Andrews, but I know I mentioned it to cyber. I said, you know, in 2003, Ben Affleck had the two biggest holiday movies. <laughs> he had Daredevil on Valentine's Day and Paycheck on Christmas. Yes. <laughs>
2: And I took a date, or what I thought was a date, to a uh, Valentine's Day daredevil. That was my okay. claim to fame.
1: I can one up you on that because this is just this is just a story. It, it's a story that lives on an in infamy, and my cousin says it didn't happen, but I know it happened because I remember it like it was yesterday. It's 2003. The it's been two years since Silver Side Up came out. It's been two years since How You Remind Me took over the world. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for new Nickelback. And I go to see Daredevil with my cousin, Rachel and her then future husband, Joe Valentine's day was a Saturday, I believe. And they were getting married on a son, the, the 15th, the Sunday, uh, or maybe it was a Friday, Saturday thing. I don't remember anyway, but the point is they invited me out to go see the movie. And I'm like, but it's, The night before y'all's wedding, I don't want to interrupt that. No, no, no. And they they basically just dragged me to the mall, to the cinema at the mall at the time. And I get to the scene where he's in the bar, and I hear these musical notes, and it's slow, (laughs) and it's like (laughs) reverberate. I'm like, I know what the fuck that. That's motherfucking Nickelback. Holy crap.
5: Is that guy for real? Yeah, he's for real.
0: What do you want? Justice. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: As as I get out of the movie, I went right into Record Town before the mall closed and bought the soundtrack to Daredevil right then and there. But, yeah, Absolutely. 2003 is uh, <laughs> between Daredevil, Geely Paycheck, Surviving Christmas, and Jersey Girl in 2004. Yeah, that was the whole Benefer era there. And then in 2005, mm-hmm. he switched over to Gardner because of Electra.
2: Right. <sighs> he was busy.
1: Very busy. Yeah. Yeah, and, more and
2: I will say than I- Okay. unabashedly love daredevil i'm looking at the director's cut special edition dvd of it right now i don't like the director's cut
3: version really yeah. how, how tell me more tell me more
1: it's you, you don't like coolio i mean rest in power coolio peace, that guy but like it has nothing to do with him it's the fact that it added more like i it. stuff yeah it added, yeah yeah like, it's
3: daredevil I, I mean he's matt Murdock, attorney know, at law but
2: i mean give, i was give a matlock fan, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: matt, matt matt Lock, fan. Matt oh i'm just oh sitting there like God. please just
2: have a few more questions Daredevil. oh man
3: what 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 if uh what if matlock gets uh doused with the radiation canister instead of matt murdoch and suddenly oh, you've it. you've got you've got <laughs> matlock daredevil
2: Dinner would be a lot earlier.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I think it's
2: <laughs> the only for sure. <laughs>
3: could, I mean, could you 30. imagine
2: freaking Andy Griffith,
3: Daredevil, <laughs> like, like in that suit with like, you know, he's got like old man punch, like yeah. and he's like trying to do the thing with the billy clubs and stuff. That's real dumb. <laughs> that,
1: that would be hilarious. Like that would be awesome. Uh, Clerks 2, Gone Baby Gone. The Town. I love The Town because that's a Boston movie again. Oh, town is great. great. Yeah. So if mean, I can rules. interject there. Sure.
2: I was talking to one of my teammates this week and we were talking about movies that you love so much, but because of it's so intense, you can only kind of see it once. And maybe you've only seen it once, but it's just like one of the most vivid spots in your mind of film. Mm. Uh, The Town is one for me, for sure. I've been meaning to rewatch it, but like I just can't. I was holding my breath for like two hours the first time Mm -hmm. I
1: saw it. Yeah. we'll do it in 2024 folks <laughs> it's okay. yeah. we'll, we'll do it in 2024
3: yeah i i was gonna say give it another go you you will be rewarded that that movie is great so great
1: uh and then he went and became batman and bruce wayne and did all the the, the batman stuff uh justice league that kind of stuff and just looking down through here as we get you know to last year he had Deepwater, jennifer lowe how he was in a documentary about Jennifer Lopez halftime is I, I get it because benifer and all that, but like I saw that on his smaller, I'm like, really? I thought he would want to distance Wait, himself.
3: I, I'm sorry. Are you saying that deep water is a documentary about the Jennifer
1: Lopez? No. halftime? Show? no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That no. is not what that movie no, is about. No, no deep water <laughs> comma and. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> comma yeah. save live. Let, let's eat grandma. Yeah. 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 Um, Oxford Comer for life. One that I need to see came out this year. I have not seen it yet, but I want to. Air with him and Matt. Matt Damon. Oh, it's great. Oh, I need to I'll see, see that, that movie. Yeah, I need to see that. It, it's Just also
3: of- one of my favorite movies. That's not Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, or Barbie.
1: <laughs>
3: it, it's probably number five for me, actually.
2: If I if I were to think, I, I it's terrific. You probably mentioned it, but I forgot the title already. But I really like that movie he was in about the uh, alcoholic basketball coach.
1: That would be air. <laughs> no, no, no. no. The, uh,
3: <laughs> but it's it's I, I know what you're talking about, Michael Andrews. But the the uh, uh, title state, is.
1: Stay to play. Stay to, to, to play. Yep.
3: Is that what it is? OK, no, I don't No, know. I don't think that's it. No, that's a 2009 movie. Yeah,
1: it's it's. it's
3: yeah. With yeah Russell that's like a thriller yeah hang on
1: all right well, as, as we as we take an IMDb way back yeah. yeah way way back really
2: yeah
3: uh, the
1: way back
2: mm. not the way way back the way back yeah,
1: the way, yeah. The way back the way
2: back, back. Yeah. yeah totally yes yes oh
1: okay a
3: way, and, and a lot of people didn't see it because it got swallowed up from COVID. It's like it, right. it, it. It was one of those things where it was supposed to be theatrically released, like in like I don't know, like March of 2020 or something like that, and then just kind of like quietly got pushed onto uh, I I get I guess streaming or P yep. V O D or whatever. But yeah, that it was it was definitely a COVID movie.
1: Wow. Yeah, that one's tough to watch, but Yeah, I go. did not know that because like you said, it was a COVID movie. It was one of those ones that kind of got lost in the whole year and plus change that was that was COVID. Wow, that's that's mm-hmm. crazy. Holy crap. All right, we're going to move on to the next in the actors. Here we have Mr. Aaron Eckhart. Honestly, looking at Heck his card, sir. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, oh my god. Oh, that's yeah. somebody else entirely. My, my uh, mistake. Yeah, whoops. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. I did not know he was a prisoner in Hot Shots Part Deux in '93. That was his debut. Hmm. And other than any given Sunday, Aaron Brockovich and Nurse Betty, the first thing I saw him in was Paycheck, and then The Dark Knight. I did not see The Wicker Man. I did not see Black Dahlia. They're, they're just not my my type of type of movies. But yeah, it's Paycheck and Dark Knight for me when it comes to this guy.
3: It's time to keep your appointment with The Wicker Man. No,
1: I don't think so. Not the
2: bees. <laughs> <laughs> not the bees.
1: <laughs> That's interesting.
2: Yeah, I guess I haven't seen him in too much either. I mm. definitely saw Aaron Brockovich before this movie, but... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah,
3: it's interesting because I feel like in another timeline, another mirror universe, Aaron Eckhart is like an A-list leading man because like, I mean, he's he, he's he got he's got the square jaw. He's got the chin. He's got the, you know, uh, uh, kind of I, I'm trying to find a different synonym for like a lantern jawed action guy it looks like i mean he looks like a leading man and for whatever reason it it just either never happened for him or if he was just too choosy with his roles i think he's terrific in this movie because like he's got that that smarmy charm that i think the character needs and i think when that um when that evolves into Uh, him being harvey dent it's kind of that smarmy charm with that undertone of darkness and and kind of like just under the boiling pot rage you know just like you know just kept under the surface like i really i really like that harvey dent performance and this kind of feels like what's kind of like a a prototype
1: of, of what that would become yeah, Jimmy and Harvey could be twins, really. I mean, seriously. True, true.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder on. if he. I wonder if he told his agent like, "I need another
1: paycheck. Give me something with gravitas." <laughs> <laughs>
4: <That's what he's>
1: <laughs> <waiting>. <laughs> we have Uma Thurman. The first thing I ever saw her in was 1991's Robin Hood, opposite Kevin Costner. She played Maid Marian in that movie. I'm sorry, what? You did not know that. That can't be right. That's that's what it says here. She played Maid Marian in the Robin Hood 1991 Kevin Costner film, Prince of Thieves. Oh, wait a minute. Is this what? Prince of Thieves? Or I'm is like, this what? What movie are you? Oh, the of? British. Oh, this is the British version. That's why. Sorry. Oh, I, okay. I, I was All gonna right. say. I mean, like, I was, wait, wait uh, a a Mary
3: second. Elizabeth Mastertronio is a long <laughs> way from Uma Thurman. I mean, like, there's there's like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, talk about a mere universe or whatever. Yeah, I'm they just, like, I don't know what that is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, because uh, like there is
3: that one scene where like Marion is in disguise when like you know Robin mm-hmm. first comes to the castle and stuff, and she's all like yep. stealth of the ninja and stuff. I was like, I don't know. I guess maybe that that could be a Uma Thurman in a mask or something like that. That <laughs> it's real dumb. But.
1: so then the first one that I would have seen would have been Pulp Fiction. Then sure. 94 uh she was in Beautiful Girls in 96 The Truth About Cats and Dogs obviously Poison Ivy Dr Pamela Isley and Batman and Robin she was Irene Cassini in Gattaca Gattaca another film I love with uh oh beautiful uh, um, Ethan Hawke oh, Ethan Hawke I thank you Ethan Hawke Jude Law Mr Thurman yep. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yep she was in the 1998 Avengers movie <laughs> Oh, I like yeah, that buddy. A lot, too. Of course you do.
3: <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's it, it's fun. It's uh it's it's of its time. And uh I, I man I, I ain't gonna turn down an Uma Thurman in a in a cat suit. I mean, come on, man.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. I got needs i know what's up <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter if it's black or green <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty
4: much <laughs> real quick on and it, and gattaca
1: it's... though uh i
2: i was wondering as i was watching paycheck again like if mm-hmm. if maybe she got the role because of gattaca like i feel like there's some connective tissue there and probably. i wonder if they saw something that yeah. they liked in gattaca that would translate to this yeah, probably I
3: could I could totally see that. And and interestingly enough, a a note on uh, Uma Thurman, because like, you know, I you know, I'm making playfully lecherous uh, (laughs) comments and whatnot. But like, I mean, Uma Thurman, obviously incredibly attractive you know, it's like, you know, very, uh, you know, a, a very like action star presence, but like not traditionally like, quote unquote, Hot as as like one one would think, and because I I think she does have like a very unique presence and a unique energy and and a and a distinctive physicality about her that isn't just like quote unquote hot chick. So it's like yeah. you know you know I I make my my smart mouth catsuit references, but when she becomes Emma Peel, you know that there there is. there's a lot to that role other than just being sex pot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, even while uh, the poison Ivy role is obviously, you know, very over the top and, and sexual and sexy and seductive that there's, there's more going on there, but really it's, you can't look at Uma Thurman the same way after experiencing Kill Bill. I mean, because that, that is like such Uh. a it's such a complete performance and it gets you to look at her as a as a full and complete actor you know completely in her own and it's interesting and this might be mildly controversial i think her role here in paycheck is almost kind of like a step backwards like I I had to kind of kept reminding myself I was like wait a sec this is post kill Bill because like oh. in my mind like like the remarks I was making about Aaron Heckart earlier about how it's kind of like a prototype of what we would see it feels like this is reversed like that this Uma Thurman in this role feels like what like like this character walked so the bride could run
2: you know th- that
3: that, that yeah, kind of
2: thing um, as opposed
3: to the other way around
2: I had the same note
1: Mikey that is spot on yeah, but I don't think it – I don't think it is a step back because she – this came – Paycheck was before Kill Bill Volume 1 released – when did that release? I know it was 2003, but what was the actual – oh, yeah, okay, you're right. October 10th was Kill Bill and this was dis- – wow. Really? Oh, wow, yeah. That's, that's Interesting. interesting. Yeah, that doesn't so, seem like it in my head. But yeah, it's yeah. right. Here. Yeah,
3: it's so weird. It's and <sighs> and, it, and at a time where you see her basically and I, I, I remember this, you know, we talk about like, you know, vivid movie going rem- mm-hmm. memories. I remember watching Kill Bill Volume One with my wife and I elbowed her a little bit. And I'm like, that's proof positive that the yellow Daredevil suit can work. Yeah, (laughs) because because, like remember there was like oh man daredevil suit has to be red i think maybe this was about the time daredevil yellow was was on uh comic stands maybe maybe i'm misremembering that but there i remember conversations about like oh man daredevil's yellow outfit is dumb it's passe it's you know it's all red all the time and it's funny that like you know it takes 20 years but you know, Charlie Cox shows up in the yellow costume in in, uh, in She-Hulk. And I I don't know. I there there's something about that the yellow costume that always spoke to me because it's like it's like Daredevil that's not quite Daredevil. So but to go from Ben Affleck is Daredevil in the red suit to uma thurman rocking a i mean it's a bruce lee riff obviously but to me i especially when she's in like the motorcycle riding version i mean that's that's a yellow daredevil suit to to me for for that time so but they're they're not quite on the equal footing that i think my retroactive uh brain would have liked them to be like like the fan fiction version of this is like when they're doing like the motorcycle chase like she's like uh or right before the motorcycle chase she she has the keys and she's like that's not a car i think yeah. in in the version i wanted in my brain or the version that would happen today she rides the motorcycle yeah like thank or like you or like halfway through when like they, uh, like she goes for the envelope and yep. you know, uh, and he does the slide, um, and all that. And then they're, they're both off the bike. It would have been cool to see them switch places, but, but that's, okay. but that's not something you could do in 2003. And now my 2023 brain is kind of like, I kind of would have liked that though. That would <laughs> that
2: would have given her a lot more agency. So I was thinking that too, uh, through that whole scene, but I love, I love, love that joke of when she's like on the back and she's like, I said you were good. Okay. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like that Don't for that up, joke kid. alone. It was worth it. Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: I agree. He's he's a little high on his own supply there.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti. Oh boy. Singles. Cameron Crowe in 92. Uh, I did not know this, but I actually saw this in theaters. He was in he was Scott in Sabrina in 95. If this is the Mm -hmm. yep with Harrison Ford and Julia Armand. I saw that movie in theaters for some odd reason when I was 15. I don't know why. Han Solo, you had to see everything he's in. No, not really. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, boy. Uh, Donnie Brasco. And of course, his kind of can't believe I'm going to say this kind of breakout role as pig vomit in Howard Stern's private parts in 1997.
3: <laughs> I don't think anybody would disagree with you on that. That that <laughs> is an iconic performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you could walk up to anybody
1: and go WNBC
3: C, yeah. and and they know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, he was in My Best Friend's Wedding, also in the same year. He was in Dr. Doolittle and Saving Private Ryan, Negotiator and Safe Men in 98, Cradle Rock and Man on the Moon in 99, Big Mama's House and Duets in 2000. And where I, other than Howard Stern's Private Parts, where I first found him after that was 2002's Big Fat Liar as Marty Wolf. You're a, yeah. bl- a little blue man in a little blue car.
3: All right, <laughs> <laughs> the blue man group in that one, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, I love Big Fat Liar. Thank God they never made great. a sequel to that movie.
2: Uh, great movie, that, and it was uh, written by Dan Schneider, who wrote iCarly. So
1: yep. great, great writer, great comedy writer. Yep. Nice. Also directed by Sean Levy, which Sean has a – that's a whole other podcast episode because that man's an awesome director, too. <laughs> that guy smokes real steel. Watch mm-hmm. out! Yep. Oh yeah,
2: that that movie fucks, dude.
1: Yeah.
3: Paycheck. That that, that that is the Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie that we thought we should have. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. That's
1: the Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie we deserved. Yeah. <sighs> Paycheck Sideways, uh, Cinderella Man. Yeah, A- A.K.A. the movie where the Rhino
3: and Sandman team up.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, Sideways. Yeah. I
3: saw it.
1: <laughs> uh, he was also in Fred Claus, he played uh Nicholas Nick Claus in that. He was in uh he's been in a bunch of stuff. He appears in everything. Yeah. one might say Twelve Years a Slave, he was in Love and Mercy in twenty fifteen, more recently, he was just in the holdovers from this year. I have not seen that yet, so there's that. Ooh, that's right. He was Nathan in Gunpowder Milkshake, a Netflix movie. I watched that movie two years ago. I like that movie. It's good. Hmm. That that's the Karen Gillan
3: one, right? Yep. Yeah, I I missed that one. I I, I want to do a double feature with uh, Gunpowder Milkshake and a uh, Kate, the uh, the Mary Elizabeth Winstead movie that I think is basically the same movie, but because they both seem to ha- kind of have like that 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 pink neon aesthetic that that yep. I'm like super into. So. Um, uh, but
1: right, uh, you know, right, one, Mr. Barbie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say one, one, uh, particular role for, for, uh, old PG there. They didn't mention is, uh, he he's terrific as John Adams in, in that, in that, uh, HBO miniseries. I mean, that, mm. that is, oh. he he's incredible in that. If you haven't seen John Adams, check it out.
1: Yeah, I didn't get down to his TV credits. That was just his yeah. film credits.
3: <laughs> I, I'm just saying, it's like, I mean, like I I would put that in the top tier of uh, Giamatti roles for me. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: I did a uh, back in 2021. We did an episode of the podcast uh, where we talked about my buddy Tom DJ and I. Uh, we each picked a film and we did a double feature about it. Uh he picked The Protege and I picked Gunpowder Milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> so the title of that episode, The Protege has a gunpowder milkshake.
3: <laughs> oh, so, yeah, those are kind of the same movie too, right? Yeah. Well I mean I mean that that that's a that's a Samuel L. Jackson bait and switch movie. It's like starring Samuel L. Jackson uh-huh. for a couple minutes. Yeah. It's it's a real geezer teaser. Yeah, it very much is. Like those Bruce Willis movies that says, like, hey, Bruce Willis is totally in this movie at the beginning and a little bit at the end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got geezer teased. (laughs) Oh, boy. And then uh, the last one I want to talk. I mean, we can talk about Michael C. Hall, but I have never seen Dexter. I don't even think I've seen Six Feet Under. So, like, really, this this role is pretty much all I know him from uh, the the Agent Klein role here in Paycheck.
2: Hmm. Yeah, yeah same.
1: I, I haven't seen Dexter either.
3: I, I I was gonna say you guys probably didn't recognize him, or, or listeners might not recognize him as as the guy from Dexter without the uh the uh Mountain Berry Punch. Uh, dye job that he's got in dexter he's he shops at the same hair dye store that ben affleck's daredevil shops at it's like that it's that that same color of rockadile red
1: oh my god (laughs) please clap (laughs) beautiful man beautiful no no it's it's funny yeah it's funny funny. rockadile red oh god it just brings me back to 1994 when i uh Dyed my hair red myself, and that didn't ah. go so well. So that's that's a there, there's photographic proof of that. Never ah. going to school after dyeing your hair red. Yeah. Don't don't use fruit punch. <laughs> yeah, no, you're gonna go in looking like Kimber. You're gonna come out looking like Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Joe Morton, Joe Morton, man, he's one of those sleeper actors because, oh, holy crap. I forgot he's friggin' Mac from speed. Yep. I was like, like for me, sometimes it's not about the actor or actress's face. It's not about me seeing their performance. It's about me hearing their voice. And Mm. Joe has one of those voices that if I hear it, I instantly will recognize it. And as I was looking through his, like when I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, I, all right, he was mad. And then like, an hour or two later when I'm doing the research, I'm like, holy shit, he was M- Lieutenant uh, Herb Mac McMahon from Speed. Uh, and he was also in Speed, Two, but we don't talk about that movie. Uh, <laughs> he's in <an laughs> F- Pupil. He was in Ali. He's in Paycheck. He was in Stealth from 2005. That's a pretty good movie. I like that movie no. a lot. Ah. He was Silas Stone in Dawn of Justice in 2016, so he also got into that. Man, I'm telling you folks, Paycheck is the sleeper Batman movie of the early 2000s that we didn't (laughs) know we wanted.
3: It really is. And well, and it's funny and it, and it, and it goes uh one step deeper. Cause I, I don't know, honestly, we're so deep into the IMDB uh, now. I don't know how I much know. deeper we're going to get into the <laughs> cast, but also, so it's like, so yeah, you've got, you've got a Ben Affleck, Batman, you've got uh, Aaron Eckhart, uh, Harvey two face, Uma Thurman, poison Ivy, obviously Michael C, but Michael C hall, Uh, Played the voice of Kirk Langstrom, aka the man bat, in one of those animated movies, uh, Justice League: Gods and Monsters. Gods
1: and Monsters.
3: And then you already mentioned uh, uh, the legendary Joe Morton as Dr. Silas Stone. Uh, But uh, uh, Com Fieri the uh or fury or what it would however it's pronounced yeah. uh you know the 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 head goon who i did not recognize i'm like i know this guy i know this guy from somewhere and it clicked when i started making this batman cast he was a doll maker in gotham That's so right yeah yeah and what? i was just like wow. i know this guy's face and it's yeah. like and it instantly clicked so again like you said mike at the at the top of the show this is this is a batman movie
1: (laughs) pretty much yeah
3: now now one one thing i did want to push back on you mike a little bit i didn't know if you were excluding this um on purpose or uh or an oversight but i mean i i think one of uh joe morton's most iconic roles is of course miles bennett dyson of terminator 2 judgment day the father of skynet
1: yeah i hadn't gotten to it yet gee thanks are you going yeah. backwards or forwards? <laughs> like everyone else I was going, going all over. I was going like this, all over the place. I didn't this, really, guy you know, was, uh, this guy well, was a this guy was an extra it. in a basketball movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, uh, no, yeah, absolutely. He, he was he was Dyson in T two and and again That's Dyson, he's gonna it, blow him away. <laughs> he's gonna blow him away. That's right, hmm, man. Oh, yeah, good old T two, get love. Um. Uh, and then uh the only other thing that I've got uh, is the the composer John Powell. I'm one of those types of people that I can watch a movie, and as long as I like the movie and I get into the movie and everything else, I will pay attention to the music cues and things like that. And how can you not pay attention to the music in this movie when that opening title, that main title for paycheck with the open and this is this is only twenty years ago, folks opening title credits are a loss. It's Mm -hmm. like die cast construction. It's a lost art. It really is (laughs) because you don't have a lot of opening titles anymore. If you do, they're at the end of the film. Like, no, you don't want to put, don't, don't back end them. That's ridiculous. But John Powell, uh, has done amazing work as a composer. His first score he did was the road to El Dorado, the animated film, the Dawn the... Is it the anime? Yeah, Dream, Yeah, DreamWorks Animation. Uh, Chicken Run, Just Visiting, Shrek. He did the music for the Shrek movies, a lot of them. Uh, but uh, in 2003, he had... I believe he had... Yeah. He had two big soundtracks for that year. The Italian Job, directed by F. Gary Gray with Mark Wahlberg and Charlize Theron, and obviously... Yeah! Love that movie. I saw that one in theaters that that's a michael andrews hell yeah oh hell yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah the italian job gotta love that one too and then uh, this one paycheck and he's also done the the music for the born films most of them if not all of them i think yeah pretty much all of them yeah love just absolutely love john powell as as a composer nice yep 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 all right i what? think before we move on from the cast though you mm-hmm. do have
2: to mention katherine morris oh uh, yes uh, She's Lily, from what a, what show a called surprise Cold uh-huh. i was like holy smokes <laughs> like, <laughs> because to go really into one of the the later questions about like what's the thing that 20 years later still sticks out about this movie it is her from the beginning and that little clip uh the the Jesus Rita is like one of my favorite yeah.
4: moments. You know, <laughs> <other things. laughs> How dare oh, you
2: shame her. Oh my her? gosh.
1: No, I yeah, no, she was great. And the funny thing is, I don't know if she's retired now or not. I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff lately. I you know, I was looking at her IMDb
2: and she was actually also in Minority Report, which uh, yep. you know, has connective tissue to this movie, and I was like, mm-hmm. interesting, she's kinda got a type there.
1: Yeah. Oh, she was in Moneyball in 2011, okay. And Hayseed, God, whatever Hayseed was in in this year dark comedy murder. Oh, I might have to check out Hayseed. I like murder mystery movies. Huh, interesting. I, and,
3: and and I know I already got thumped once for for bringing <laughs> up TV, but we cannot no, I, we cannot talk about Catherine Morris without talking about Cold Case. No, that, I, that, I that is a I show I miss every yeah. single day a day does not go by where i was like you know what i miss cold case that's a show i still
1: watch all of the time where do you watch it where's it on well i'll i'll have to tell you off air because I'm oh like, no you're <laughs> stealing the bay. that cause, no cause, no no i i think it's i i just i have to look it, because it's not the, that the I have it illegally or anything like
3: that. I would the thing that. with Cold Case is very similar to WKRP in Cincinnati. The reason why it's not the streaming music. anywhere, that yeah, exactly. It's all the music rights. And yep. uh, you know, uh, basically the deal with music rights is like broadcast television rights are completely different than digital streaming rights or like physical yep. media rights. And uh the thing with cold case is that the music is so intrinsic. And yeah. and foundational
1: to those episodes as it as it Actually, jumps between wait. time periods. It's not it's not illegal. I think okay. the music has probably been yeah. Music most no, it wasn't replaced. They got it. They got the. It's on Max. Wow. Holy shit. You know what? Yeah. This has you been real. This has been fun. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to leave right tap. now. I'm, you I'm, cannot I'm, tap out right now. The only reason why I know it's on Max is because a buddy of mine, Jesse Jackson, who does a Bruce Springsteen podcast called uh-huh. Set Lusting Bruce. There is an episode of Cold Case in season four where they use mm-hmm. like eight different Springsteen songs in in one episode. And I yep. pointed that to him. And I was like, as soon as HBO at the time, it was HBO Max. Now it's just Max. But yeah, it is streaming. I don't know how much of the music has been replaced, but I mean, if they have eight Bruce Springsteen songs yeah. in an episode, I'm pretty sure Warner Brothers has the, yeah, it's on Max. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm
3: not eager to give Zaslav any money, but that, uh, I think you just sold me a Max
1: subscription. <laughs> that, that That's a revelation, dude. You know what you do? You have it build through your, this is what I do currently. You have it billed through your cable provider, so it's only a charge on your cable bill, so it's not an extra charge separately oh, on Netflix. And on I'm like, when's the Max subscription coming up? And I have to pay. Oh, right. I don't have to pay. I pay for it, but I don't have to pay for it because it's done through my cable company. Mm. But yes, Cold Case, all seven seasons of Cold Case are legally available on Max.
3: Unreal. Nice. This portion of the podcast brought to you by <laughs>
2: Max. <laughs> now with more Cold Case. That's
1: right. Now with
2: more cold case, oh, cold case is heating up. That's right. Oh man, yes. And the spinoff cold series case, Hot Case just never. Really...
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, well, and and the uh, companion series McDLT case, you know, it's like it keeps the hot See that that's the rock block power hour. They're like, oh man, freaking McDLT. Ask your parents. It's like it, you know, it keeps the the cold side cold and the hot side hot. <laughs> Love it. I don't think, case followed by Cold case
1: I don't think there's been anybody in my 15 years of podcasting that has made a better McDLT reference than that. <laughs> Holy crap I haven't re- thought about the McDLT in a long time. I think about it every
3: day, much like Cold Case.
1: Yeah. If only they would bring that back instead of that ugly-ass McRae bullshit. <laughs> wow, folks, we are uh, we are not earning our paycheck tonight, are we? Here's <laughs> not, buddy. I, I think I,
3: I am earning all of the no dollars I'm, uh, I, I'm getting <laughs> yeah. for this. It's buck wild. I love it. That's
1: Split right. it three ways, right? And, well, of course. <laughs> yes, we would exactly. have to because, you know. <laughs> I mean, I would probably get a little bit more since I'm the one on the editing yeah. side of this, well, but we'll talk. We'll is. talk offline. Yeah, of that. <laughs> yeah which, which one of us
3: is the Paul Giamatti at the at the end where it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, man, hey, man, don't, don't forget about your buddy Shorty. I mean, <laughs> Shorty's Shorty got bills too.
2: <laughs> who's getting that's, the Shorty stick?
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brilliant. So getting into more of the film breakdown, highlights and lowlights. Most of this film is a highlight, folks. The only lowlight that I have, and it's not going to take anything off my actual score, but when did they buy the lottery ticket? I do not remember when he bought the damn lottery ticket.
2: Yeah, you don't see it. That
1: happened in the three years. Okay. I got erased. All right. Got it. Yes. That's right, because the lottery ticket was no, it wasn't in with the items.
3: No, it was not. It specifically no, wasn't. Uh, and yeah. I, uh, I I don't know if this is too soon for this legislation. Uh-oh. but but I um, so as as I posted on uh, my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook that, you know, i've I've watched this on my vintage DVD that I have owned since two thousand and four. I bought it used from presumably like a like a Hollywood video or a blockbuster, but it has a nice price tag on it of nine ninety nine and I've certainly gotten my ten dollars worth of it twenty years later because um remember when DVDs well, first of all, remember DVD, but also yeah. like when they were like stacked with like special features like yeah. like there there's two commentary tracks. I didn't have time to listen to either of them <laughs> um, but but there's like two featurettes on there, and they uh-huh. are lengthy like i mean like exhaustive uh featurettes as well as a bunch of deleted and extended scenes most of which are a waste of time because they don't i mean you know like when you when you watch deleted scenes it's like yeah there's a reason why that got cut but yeah the the coup de grace on on this there's an alternate ending what are you guys familiar with the alternate ending to paycheck uh no do we want to talk about the alternate ending to paycheck now, or do we want to save that Wait, for the end?
1: Uh, let's save that for because the stupid thing is, is the Wikipedia article doesn't even I don't think it doesn't need, even mention the alternate ending.
2: You'd it's probably only need, on Mike Seibert's DVD.
1: He's, yeah, he's my the vintage DVD
3: from from two thousand and four. So. Maybe it
2: was like a special video store version or something.
3: Well, This is from the widescreen collection from Paramount DVD (laughs) special collector's edition. Um, uh, Ben Affleck, Aaron Eckhart, Uma Thurman paycheck quote, a suspenseful thrill ride that will have you gripping your seat. That from uh, Marina uh, Jurica from CBS TV. And I love this where it's got like this, this collage, Kind of a terrible collage of the poster but at the very bottom of it this is how you sell a movie folks from the director of Mission Impossible 2 and Face Off, and the author who brought you Minority Report and Blade Runner.
2: Oh, I'm so sure he like, loves that mon- billing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll bet, I'll bet. <laughs> so it's
3: like, I mean, that's that's how you sell a DVD, folks. But yes. uh, but anyway, so when w- after we finish our discussion of the movie, let's come back around to the alternate ending, and because yeah. um, th- I think that will shed some insight onto where the lottery ticket may or may not have come from
1: okay good uh mr andrews do you have any high or low lights of the f- do you, actually do you have any low lights we've, we've been praising the thing for an hour and a half at this point <laughs> okay. so is there I'll anything lie, you didn't I'll like light. about this movie i don't love giving low lights but i did <laughs> have a couple <laughs>
2: okay um one of them we already kind of talked about so i'll just cruise over it but hmm. uh i thought uma thurman was a little underused in this uh, she had a couple badass moments, but for the most part, uh, I thought every like badass moment of hers was paired with like a like a sappy "I need a man" kind of uh, a moment. So yeah, I, I think I think I would have liked to see her little kick a little more ass. Um, and then the setting for me was kind of a mixed bag because it felt like it felt like it was trying to be futuristic and then it was also trying to be like very contemporary. And I think John Woo does really good contemporary stuff. I don't Mm -hmm. think he had the not too distant future visionary quality that we needed for this. Like, I think it would have been cool if like the ordinary objects that Michael sent himself, um, were juxtaposed with like, like a really kind of a little bit more futuristic world. Yeah. Right. Like if we would have been, you know, if they would have almost been like antiques, uh, yeah. I think that would have been.
3: Oh, sure. Well, and, and apparently one of the things that was changed from like the items are completely different in the Philip K. Dick story, which I have not read. In yeah, fact, I have it in my
2: either. Amazon cart right now because I'm that's my goal for this year. I want to I want to finally read this.
3: I find Dick's writing to be a little uh, impenetrable for my taste. His his prose is um it's well well phrased. <laughs> <laughs> Weird we're, Yeah, I know. It's uh um we're weirdly dense. For, for my taste, but but I'm a dum dum, so it's like you know I don't I I don't read too good. I need to go to the Derek Zoolander school of kids who don't read too good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's so I I I don't necessarily have this relationship with the source material with like any of the Philip K. Dick ad- adaptations, whether it be you know Blade Runner or uh, Minority Report or Total Recall or any of that stuff. So I don't. I, it's one of the rare instances where I don't have. a a previous relationship with the source material. But one of the things that I discovered is like the, the items are kind of what you're saying, Michael Andrews is like, you know, it's like, it's like a playing card and a poker chip. And it's like, so it's, it's even more lo-fi because he he wrote it in like 1953 or something like that. So, you know, stuff like, you know, beeping wristwatches hadn't, hadn't been invented yet. (laughs) You know, silver dollars hadn't been invented yet. You know, that, that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, but but I, I did want to um, address a couple of the other uh, uh, concerns you had, because um, like I was I was watching all these special features and I'm like scribbling exhaustive notes. because <laughs> Well, because like like you had said, Mike, you know, the 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 uh, wiki is pretty bare. Yeah. And I so I had my laptop. No one's open. seen it. We're the
2: only ones that have seen it. exactly no yeah. So,
3: so I, I was I was watching these special features thinking it was just, you know, just filling time but then as i was doing some research on the movie i'm like oh this information only exists here oh my god i i need to document some of this stuff and and share it in the show so um so but i, I do want to address some of the the couple things that you said michael landers one the um with uh, regards to uma thurman um she was actually suggested by paramount studios they're like hey man hey put this uma in this movie and in um, the the uh, one of the highlights you had mentioned, the love story was originally uh, downplayed in the original script, and the Rachel character ad- actually had a significantly smaller role. So oh. it's it's one of those things where you know we we talked about Uma Thurman's role quite a bit and what what she does and doesn't do, and you know the amount of agency she she does and doesn't have in this movie. But it's interesting to look at it in context in like this was basically what we do see is punched up from what it was so i i thought that that was um i i thought that that was particularly
2: interesting but yeah well i should if i can add something quick i should say uh you know for the for the time for 2003 it's like a feminist opera compared to other movies uh, you know from that period uh oh. but maybe through the lens of 2023 it's like uh yeah there could have been more uh could have been more uma could have been more uh you know girl power a- absolutely well you
3: know and if this uh if the internet was a thing back in in 2003 there would have been a th- thousand youtube videos about uh, talking about you, oh you know uh rachel is a mouthy girl boss she's a yeah. mary sue <laughs> yeah i didn't see her trained for 45 minutes to know that that those keys go to a motorcycle and not a car where's the training what a mary <laughs> sue she's a <laughs> yes. mouthy girl boss whatever <laughs> nasty woman yeah nasty woman <laughs> now now see the female nasty female
2: yeah nasty all
3: right I, i feel gross using those uh those chud talking points but but uh michael andrews the other thing that you said about um uh john woo and his um filmmaking sensibilities and that like um he was actually well first of all he didn't have anything to do with the development of the script it was basically done and handed to him. Um, I don't want to necessarily use the term "gun for hire" because I don't know if that's entirely accurate. But I think he'd love that title. Well, yeah. G- given what, given John Woo's <laughs> oeuvre, uh, the ove of the woo. Um, yeah, no, I think that would be apropos. See, that's that's why you're the smart one. That's why you're the writer. <laughs> and I just, I just got diarrhea for a mouth. But, um, but no. So it's like he was just essentially hired as a director based upon his the the strength of his previous work you know Broken Arrow, Hard Target, Face Off and Paramount kind of wanted some of uh, as Tom Cruise pointed out in the 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 special features for Mission Impossible 2 he's the woo you know that you 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 want you want that that woo factor but John Woo isn't particularly interested in sci-fi um he's he's more interested in Uh, The human story and uh, when kind of pushed back on it, uh, well, wait a sec, uh, Face Off is basically a sci-fi movie. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's sci-fi elements, (laughs) but I, I look at it more as a crime melodrama. And I think that's that's incredibly interesting. Given the aesthetic texture of this movie, because it, I think it's supposed to take place in like 2007, like the far-flung future of 2007, yeah, um, Gosh. which is only two years after the far-flung future of 2005, uh, you know, <laughs> where where the uh, uh treacherous Decepticons have finally uh conquered the Autobots' homeworld of Cybertron. But anyway, that's um, you know, it's I think that the kind of contemporary aesthetic does this movie a favor and helps it uh, hold up. I know we're going to talk about how it holds up um, in in a little bit, but like, I I think what aids in that is that nobody's running around with like Ray guns, you know, nobody's like driving space cars or something like that. It's
1: futuristic without being futuristic over the top. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. mean, who can be over the top? The white sure. is the perfect example of that, but like <laughs> it's not so over the top that it's Back to the Future Two or Time Cop or whatever kind of thing right. where where the future is everywhere. Yeah, and a, even good.
2: well i was gonna say even as i wrote this note i was thinking about well it does kind of work because we are trying to look into the future when this plague happens so this needs to like be pre the apocalyptic future Mm -hmm. i get it i just think i just think those items could have been like highlighted more by a futuristic setting you know like if people almost didn't know what those items were uh you know they would have maybe slipped under the radar a little more
1: yeah that's true
2: I'll 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 have a couple more
3: notes uh, as we get to like the climax of the movie, because there there's there's some other things uh, specifically to Michael Andrews points of uh, Uma Thurman being uh, underused. Um, So so I'll throw that in the bin of stuff. I'll come back to.
1: Yeah, you wanted her to use that wrench more, didn't you? Yeah, I love the wrench stuff. And and it pays off
3: choice. (laughs) It pays off. I mean, I mean, like th- this is almost a uh, Marty Eisenberg joint because, like, I kept, I kept, <laughs> as I kept seeing things come back around, I'm like nothing wasted, nothing wasted. <laughs> it's like everything comes back around.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I wish she, I wish she would have like turned to uh, Michael at that point and be like, "Yeah, I left this for me from the future too." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would say that the most futuristic aspect of this film i guess maybe the part of the setting part of the city the way the the way that like the downtown where the bank is and where the where jimmy's office is and where the, mm. the the campus is maybe kind of thing but really it's the machine and what michael did before he had that job which is the living monitor without the monitor just remove the monitor that's the most futuristic thing about this movie yeah
2: he went full tony stark there that's right mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think to show that it was the future, it would have been good if there would have been a fourth rail, maybe even fifth rail in the subway <laughs> scene. I think that would have said future. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Yeah,
3: because um, even the train isn't particularly futuristic.
1: No, it's you know, very, it's very, I don't want to say contemporary or uh, it's not very class. It's more classic than contemporary. But yeah, yeah. It, again, it goes to what even though Wu may have been handed the script he still had the vision of putting like how how it's going to look and you know and all that as far as what he wanted is his people to do to put the movie together i mean and that 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 car dealership bike dealership scene i mean i don't know a car dealership that has a motor dirt bike track next door to it like <laughs> serious? Like, okay we get it it's not a car it's a motorcycle and of course they're all bmw's Chris, right. you know what bmw backwards is wanted mercedes-benz Ooh, <laughs> i cannot Ooh. take credit for that joke that was an al april original al april was an airline comic uh years ago i had seen him a couple of times in louisville and he has these things called autonyms where he takes like Ford found on Road Dead and first on race day, etc. <laughs> How about Ford backwards? Drivers return on foot. Uh, <laughs> those, are all, those are all Al April jokes. Uh, love that guy. Okay. Um, Good But Yeah, no, I like, oh man. Just the way the way the movie is a mixture of like, I want to say it's like 90-10. 90% like normal like filming, like normal kind of locations. Nor like we don't have super futuristic cars, and the other ten percent is the futuristic part, which is basically mm-hmm. the machine and the monitor. Right. So and then there's the explosions, but explosions always look futuristic. Sometimes. While we're on that monitor tear for a minute, yes,
2: uh, I did think it was interesting that the, the the giant machine at the end of the movie had a monitor. I was like, I <laughs> thought he, I thought he took care of that technology. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: I don't know. How do we feel about the pacing of the film? Were you guys like, did it go too fast? Was it too slow? Were there are there any moments where you're like, yeah, I can pause this and go to the bathroom?
2: I think the pacing is super good. Like, I think it, uh, you know, it starts with a bang. Even the opening credits are interesting, which a lot of movies can't say that. Um, mm-hmm. it, he uses the credits to like get you up to speed, and and it does the thing that like inception does which i really like which it's not showing the technology at like it its height or its peak it's like one man kind of at the end of his career using the technology in a different way right like now we're kind of seeing like he's going to go under for three years that's never been done before one last score like we're not seeing the invention of the of the mind erasing technology yeah and then plus you have like the you know the well, he goes under for three years and it's just literally a blink of an eye. And then he's got these items that are like, you know, there's a payoff there, right? Like it's, yeah. it's making a promise to the viewer, like where you're going to see how these work and you're just kind of waiting for that next item to get used. It moves very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I
3: love a good man on the run story and there's the, in, the middle portion when we're really getting a lot of item play, it's obviously very man on the run. It, uh, but it, it, it feels like a novel, like, and, (laughs) and I don't say that from a derogatory standpoint, but it's like, you know, I, I, you know, screw you. (laughs) Well, and, and that might get into my, my thesis on what makes a Michael Andrews movie, because I think, I think kind of like man on the run thinking on his feet being inventive is a is a michael andrews trope that uh mm. that that i think kind of kind of resonates in uh in, in some of these things the you know the the industrialness of it you know kind of you know uh being clever in a in a sense i think like i think i i would submit that you have a strong appetite for clever and industrious wow. and you and I don't know. I, I just I, think I, you're I, onto something here.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, you well, might be nailing it. I, I, I may have read some of your stuff. I I don't know. I, I may I I may do a podcast with you. I don't know. I, I just like right. or or maybe maybe I just watched the Italian Job recently and that just yeah, kind I of like know. unlocked a lot of stuff. It really did. It kind of gave me like
2: a lot of insight into Michael Andrews. I don't know. I why. just I just never thought of my uh, movie playlist uh, kind of or favorite movies as like a like a Rorschach test for me, right? Like now I'm like I've been exposing myself by talking about all these movies that I love.
3: But yeah, like I mean I I think I think the pacing works for. the most part i i had the disadvantage of watching the first half of it uh later at night than i should have and I was getting a little drowsy right about the time that fake Rachel shows up. Little did I realize that is that is the kickoff to the entire pedal to the metal uh, uh, entire yeah. second half of the movie. So it's like like I said, it, it to me for for my particular viewing this time around, it felt like a movie of two halves. Like it was uh it, it was like a, a little um a little sluggish for me. Uh, this time around a little bit of a slog in spots like I don't I don't know if I was just like because I was ahead of the characters, but I'm like, all right, fine, you know, just 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 use the damn thing already. But I think <laughs> I think I think that is more just indicative of my, of my own personal uh, viewing experience than than of uh, of the movie itself. But right. recontextualizing it on the whole, I think it works really well because, you know, it, it builds to a crescendo. And then it uh, it delivers. It blows and it up, is
1: what it does. It, it, it certainly blows that does. that crescendo all the way out the damn window.
3: <laughs> it, it certainly does. But I mean, they they don't make movies like this anymore. Like it. No, they don't. Even ironically enough, this being 2003, this does feel like a relic of a different time, almost like you know us in 2003 watching a movie from like the early 80s. Yeah. or uh yeah yeah that that yeah whatever 20 years but like from like 1983 those those movies are of a type and have a certain pace and cadence and like you know we were all talking so much about like opening title sequences and how how refreshing that was it was mm-hmm. like yeah let's just strap ourselves in and ease into this movie and i think um a great lot of that can be dropped at the marvel machines feet you know it's just like they they they've created the template and have so thoroughly um permeated american filmmaking to where now movies don't even start with title cards and everything has a goddamn stinger at the end yeah, um truly and i mean i i like those marvel movies just fine but it, it's it's fascinating and and i i got to the end of the the movie and i kid you guys not because like i disney's has like conditioned me like the <laughs> training like i actually fast forwarded through the credits and i do <laughs> not know why i yeah, do not know why because you wanted <laughs> to see if there.
1: there was gonna be a yeah you because that, that that's the condition nowadays after well oh geez what are the 15 years of marvel uh, you know, and all the continuity and everything. Look, look, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love the sure. whole idea of universes, but I've said this, I've been saying this for two and a half to three years now. I miss the enjoyment of having beginning, middle, and end, a full film, one film stories, films like this, like one of the questions in how the film held up, it's mainly if usually if a film has a sequel, are mm. you itching to watch the next film now? This doesn't have a next film. You can just rewatch this and enjoy it all over again. And that's what I miss with the whole, everything has to be a multiverse or a this verse or a that verse mm-hmm. and whatever. And yeah. one of the reasons why I am gravitating more towards the, like I mentioned earlier with, the protege or gunpowder like gunpowder milkshake kind of sets up there could have been a sequel Mm -hmm. but i'm glad there wasn't one kind of thing uh the atom project which is another netflix thing uh, with ryan reynolds uh that is a beginning middle and end kind of film you know so that that's what i miss and i think hollywood is is probably gonna have to start going back that way because Some people are just getting burnt out on these cinematic universes, whichever cinematic universe it is. I'm not picking one or the other or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But, yeah. Yeah.
2: Mike Mike Cyber waiting for Doc Brown to show up at the very end of the credits. (laughs) Uh, We got a lot to talk about, kid. Uh (laughs) Exactly. Well, I solved for it, though. So it's
3: like so you get through the credits and it's like uh, they still have the envelope. You know, they went through it early. Oh, there's nothing left in the envelope. Um, picks up the envelope. It's like, wait a second. Gives it another shake. Playing card drops out of it. Ben Affleck picks it up, flips it over. It's a goddamn Joker card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll look into it.
1: Yeah, I'll look into it. <laughs> That's right.
3: Cut to black.
1: He's got gravel in his voice, don't you know? He keeps chewing on that gravel.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
3: So much gravel in this movie. That's where That's it comes right. from.
1: All right. Uh, being kicked up by the BMW motorbike wheels. <laughs> For real? Right. In that very uh, futuristic junkyard that they drive through. Yes. Right. Uh, anything else we want to mention before we get into the alternate ending that Mr. Seibert found? Oh, I, I got tons
3: of stuff. So I, I will cede my time to the senator from Naboo. just um, <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I've got a couple of things from the special features um i i would like to share but i guess before i i i the talking stick uh over to my my two furious compatriot you you had mentioned it and one of uh one of the the bullet points in your in your uh discussion was a uh, favorite special effect and you had already mentioned it but i couldn't get out of here and yield my time without talking about how cool the bike slide was and that that was uh you know much like when michael andrews was talking about um, Catherine Morris you know that was the thing that 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 stuck with me was like the thing it's like oh yeah this is the one where he slides on the bike and kicks kicks the gravel up into the windshield so much that it punches <laughs> the windshield like gunfire yeah, and I right. was like what a cool stunt I mean I, I had like a like an actual audible ex, uh, exclamation to that I was like wow that is so cool and it was yeah. just one of those things where it's like I had uh, I had forgotten about that stunt and yeah, I had forgotten so much about th- this movie, but like, again, once I had like that sensory memory unlocked, like again, like those synapses just fired. And like, suddenly, you know, I'm, I am like, uh, you know, 22 years old and it's 2003 all over again. I'm mm-hmm. just like, wow. I mean, cause yeah, I, I, that, that is a really cool stunt and it's, it's um you know, we were talking about like the whole vibe and aesthetic and making it contemporary, how refreshing is it is that the only computer graphics you have is like you know the machine and the monitor everything mm-hmm. else is built i mean there's people yeah. like you know you're yeah. you're handling tactile items it's like yeah everything is just real and lived in and like when the dude is like drilling the holes into the in, into the walls of the apartment it's like you know he's actually like drilling them holes and stuff it's it's mm-hmm. all real and it has a very Um, authentic texture that you don't realize is missing from contemporary movies until you watch something like this. You can tell it's shot on film, you know, and it's just like everything just has like a very tactile. We really built this texture to it. So I just I I think those are those are incredible uh, uh, standouts
1: for me. Absolutely. And before Mr. Andrews goes, I cannot go without saying this or else I would have to turn in my Red Sox card.
6: Oh you yeah, yeah, of course.
1: You mentioned you mentioned, Mike, that basically when Fachel shows up, it's kind of like the midpoint of the whole mystery part of the movie to going into the action movie. And he's like, What's what's my favorite baseball team? What does it matter? Wrong answer. That would be the Red Sox, right? Yeah. Like, oh god, <laughs> yeah. Anytime time any any either Matt or Ben can get a Red Sox reference in a movie, I'm good. <laughs>
2: right, right. Totally unscripted, uh just riffing. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that 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 was a Ben Affleck thing. He uh
3: okay. he he kind of insisted on that or at least ex- suggested it. That that definitely comes from
2: Ben.
1: Yeah. It would have to. All right, Mr. Andrews, what do you got?
2: Ooh, well, let's see. Uh, Yeah, I mean, kind of talked about everything. I guess I – so special effect-wise, the slow motion, I really liked it back in the day. But it might have been a little cliche then. It's really cliche now. But there was a lot of it, and I love that Mm -hmm. John Woo's just doing what he loves. Like that slow motion thing is like – so this whole movie is just a culmination of weird events, right? Because like Mm – uh, John Woo comes off of like two pretty big hits or, you know, more than that actually, but like two major mm-hmm. ones and they just kind of let him do whatever they want. They hand him this Philip K Dick story. He's like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I want to do a weird martial arts love story and just gets it done. Uh, I, I think they just kind of like gave him carte blanche and like, he didn't even have to answer to anybody. It's just, this movie feels so purely John Woo. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what I love the most about it. Yeah. Nice.
3: Well, and I was going to say it's fascinating, too, because for the early goings of it, because, again, I hadn't watched this in a in a good long time. I I was kind of fighting against the notion of like, wow, this is the most not John Woo movie that I've ever seen. And then again, you see you see those flourishes. We talked about the, the, dove, the dove, but like, yeah. but you get you get two Mexican standoffs. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so you, you're, you're, tick, you're ticking that box, but like I gotta say, one spot that was left unpunched on my John Woo bingo card, at no point does a character do wield. Like I, I, <laughs> oh. I, I need, I needed to see somebody with two guns.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But by I, your logic, though, uh, uh, Dark of the Moon is a John Woo movie. You're nailing all the, oh. all the check boxes for Dark of the Moon here.
1: Oh boy, my head hurts now. That's <laughs> I. I don't know how he could work in a white dove with a giant robots. I don't know how that would work. It can, be done, it can yeah. be done tastefully. It just be air razor, you know, and then, then she just transforms <laughs> into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh,
3: Act like that, that bird.
1: That's yeah. Fuck yeah.
3: That's crazy. I yeah. Love it. I love it.
1: Oh man. All right, Cybert. What do you got for bonus for us?
3: All right. So I got a handful of things. So uh th- this I thought was funny. That this was a this was a little bit of uh I- I'm doing some myth busting. I doing my own version of Snopes here. So within the uh uh the featurette, and it's, it, there are two featurettes on the DVD. One of them is called Paycheck Colon Designing the Future, and the other one is tempting fate colon the stunts of paycheck, and both of these are like substantially long i mean i think each of them is like a half hour or something like that 20 minutes to a half hour um shockingly long by uh today's standards but one of the things that john woo had said when they interviewed and it includes interviews with everybody um which i i thought was pretty interesting and it's interesting to see all of these people like especially like ben affleck and uma thurman as we know them now they they look like baby children in this movie you know it's like oh baby ben affleck um but anyway so so uh john woo had said that he wanted matt damon for uh for the role um but as as he says through a translator he wasn't available to a scheduling conflict so uh matt damon then recommended his best good friend Ben Affleck for the role. So that's what was said in the in the featurette. Turns out, uh, Matt Damon actually turned down the role, not being interested in wanting to do another amnesia movie. Because uh. what's another movie that came out in uh-huh. in the year of our Lord 2003? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was funny. It's oh. like so. So they're 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 John Woo's uh, treading in fake news. I mean, it's like, <laughs> where's, that, uh, where, where's that content
2: warning on there? Um, I was hoping uh, you were going to say something like Jimmy Kimmel was a producer and go into that long joke. <laughs> oh, <God.
4: laughs>
2: oh my goodness!
3: Um, with regards to like the the kind of the vibe and aesthetic, you know, you notice how Ben Affleck looks like early in the movie, like you know when when he's at the height of his cynicism and and his uh, full. Paycheckness. His name is just paycheck at that point. Um, <laughs> John Woo grew to like Ben Affleck. Like you know, they they hit it off. But he liked his look, and he he called him uh, kind of a uh, Cary Grant kind of old timey Hollywood look. And like especially like with the way that his hair is slicked and like the 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 suits that he's wearing. And it kind of goes on from there where, where Wu talks about that his approach to this movie was to do kind of like a throwback, kind of like an old school Alfred Hitchcock mystery thriller. Like again, the sci-fi element didn't really appeal to him, but he, uh, um, he liked the idea of doing a Hitchcock style thriller. And then uh, Ben Affleck mentions that he was a huge fan of North by Northwest. And that, I mean, if anybody's familiar with that movie, you could yeah. definitely feel the influence here because it's it's literally Cary Grant with slicked hair and a and a and a yep. dapper suit as as, you know, arguably the original man on the run. You know, North by Northwest is like one of the, you know, kind of like foundational for the man on the run genre. So, like, I I, I, I thought I thought it was interesting to discover that 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 connectivity uh, between uh, Paycheck and Hitchcock and North by Northwest. Um, so, so that was that was kind of the the main stuff that I found from that one uh, featurette. Uh, before I get into the alternate ending, though, um, one of the things that was talked about in the other featurette, the one about the stunts, is that the um, the climax of the movie was originally meant to be uh, significantly larger. It was uh, it was pared down a lot, presumably for budget reasons, but that's just me presuming. Because again, this this is a documentary commissioned by Paramount Pictures, so they're not going (laughs) to say like, oh well, you know, the studio said we had to like cut it down or whatever. But one of the uh, uh, DPs, one of the director of photography guys, said something that they they ended up only doing about a quarter of what they designed for the for the climax of the movie apparently Uma Thurman was supposed to have significantly more to do like um she uh she referenced that she did a lot of harness work um that uh that, that didn't make it into into the movie um I mean it was stuff that they you know like they they rehearsed but never actually filmed for the movie so there's it's not like there's deleted scenes of right. they yeah. they just you know, they, they just kind of ran out of money or time or whatever, but apparently, and this was kind of set up earlier where, when we first meet Rachel, she basically has like this weather dominator yeah. and, you know, she's like changing yeah. the weather and stuff. Apparently the climax of the movie was uh, to involve far more with the weather because like, you see that, like, you know, that, that, that kind of with, with the clouds and all that, you know, it kind of, it kind of sets a foreboding mood for the uh, for the climax especially the stuff that that happens out on the catwalk but apparently what was a, one of the things that was originally supposed to happen is there was supposed to be significantly more weather including lightning strikes
2: oh interesting
3: so yeah so so that so that was kind of similar to what we saw in the beginning of the movie where it was, where the weather you, it's kind of like foreshadowing that never pays off yeah. in that. Like yeah. you could see, it's like, wow, you could, you could weaponize the weather, you know, that kind of thing. So right. instead you kind of see that more manifested in, you know, kind of like, you know, the robot arms and, uh, and things like that. So, so I, I thought that was incredibly interesting and that kind of speaks to what I think in my imagination fits more for kind of a post kill bill, Uma Thurman, you know, like doing like, you know, harness work and wire work. And then I'm imagining the sequence where she's, you know, you know, like doing the, the weather dominator controller thing and like zapping dudes with lightning or something like that. Yeah. And and of course, just branded people with a with a big Herc and Wrench as well. But um, <laughs> yeah. But but I thought I thought that that was fascinating. That that the uh, two things that Michael Anders had talked about earlier. It's like you know the 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 climax kind of feels a little um, you know under designed and and a little under undercooked. And and that you know Uma Thurman's role is kind of especially in that sequence kind of kind of minimized. Like she's not entirely damsel in distress, but she becomes a hostage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you even get like a good old sumbo wrist grab at one point. So, right, <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, it's like, so it kind of, it kind of passes uh, that test. So, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm um, looking through my notes here. Oh, so uh, one of the other things, th- this, this, I, I wrote it in the same portion of my notes that talked about the alternate ending. I was just like, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, one of the things that I found fascinating is uh, that they revealed that the one of the things I liked is that the machine is kind of like weirdly ill-defined, and like that a lot of the technology is weirdly ill-defined. I think mm-hmm. that actually, yeah. I think that actually plays to the movie's strength because like as I've gotten older, I appreciate a uh, a defter touch in not over-explaining things like you know we talked about the marvel effect earlier and i think we're in a culture now where everything is so over explained and everything has like a a origin movie and a six episode spin-off tv series that yep. you know like you know there there are no nooks and crannies so i i like that this um the the nature of the machine other than it can vaguely predict the future and that the user can you know you know kind of kind of touch the touch the the ball and click a couple buttons and and you know see with some kind of clairvoyance something into the future and something about uh some manner of predictability but it's it they don't really tell you how it works which yeah. which is great yeah. but one of the things that the that the design team mentioned in that featurette is that they were operating under the head cannon, for lack of a better term, that the machine is basically just kind of a big palm reader. Mm-hmm. That it that that oh. it kind of works kind of on kind of like a fortune telling huh. type of thing. And we talk about you know things that aren't wasted and come back around. You know there there's there's a lot of like eastern philosophy and mysticism uh not mysticism but um i guess just philosophy uh with ben affleck's character like you know he's got like the 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 jingling stress balls and you know one of the totems he has in his apartment is this uh this statuette showing palm reading so it's it's fascinating to consider that i don't know i mean i mean not to get on a on a tear about Um, astrology and fortune telling and how we feel about you know like 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 psychics and 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 that kind of thing but to me this adds a really cool layer of that future might not be so as defined as much as Aaron Eckhart thinks it is like you know like so like for example you you open up a fortune cookie right And it from that point, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's like if you do something to, for lack of a better term, change your fate or to make that fate happen, you're self-actualizing to make the 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 fortune cookie accurate or to find the truth in that fortune cookie. So I, I think I think it's interesting that. It's in one of those kinds of things, like like to you know not be be less esoteric and philosophy uh, philosophical about it. It's the future could be what you see it to be. Yeah. You know, it's like well, you know you you interpret your future to match the fortune cookie. You yeah. you match it to match your horoscope. You know that that kind of well, thing.
1: I will tell you though, if I could match that fortune cookie and materialize a ninety million dollar lottery ticket right now, that would be the best fucking thing ever.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, Mike, but, I like that take on it though. Uh, you you know, know, at the very least, it's sort of uh, foreshadowing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just in the in the visual language of the movie, that's something I didn't catch. Uh, yeah. The little nod to palm reading. Yeah, um,
1: you're right. It is very palm reading. It's also very like the machine itself is not ai it's reading your body it's reading your hand it's reading your whatever and it's yeah. it's getting data from you but the first thing i'm thinking of as you're talking about that is like oh this is a few years before person of interest started in 2000 when did person of interest start yeah and i'm like ooh. The machine, the the super AI, the super intelligence, but the machine only gives you a number, and then you have to go and figure the shit out. That's the way I like AI, where it's not all like take over the world kind of mm-hmm. bullshit. Like we have do now. our art for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean I'm I'm no artist, but I would rather pay an artist to do something for me than have fake GPT things done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I it it was kind of going back to to you know sort of cemented my uh, point I was trying to make about it being like Inception, right? Mm, like in, the mm-hmm. thing that works in Inception is just like here's a technology, you know, it's the Don Cheadle like we're here, get over it kind of uh, thing. I really liked that about it.
3: Yep. Yeah. I I I love that. And and that is not to say that Aaron Eckhart didn't see his future because much like when you see your horoscope in the newspaper or you crack a fortune cookie then then it becomes what you make of it so then it so if he sees war then his actions from that point forward become a self-fulfilling prophecy
2: yeah yeah, and I think that was a little bit you know of a I mean? missed opportunity to make him. Uh, you know, he he took kind of a hard right into like hardcore villain, and yeah. I think there could have there. You know, there's some subtext there of of you know him really believing like he needs to change the world and war's coming. I need to stop it. And Michael Jennings is in my fucking way. You know, I think that could have been maybe a little more uh, character development for him.
1: And, oh, and as you guys cool. are talking, yeah, and as you guys are talking about this, all as I can think is. Jennings is Marty and Jimmy is Biff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Back to the Future, Batman is what this movie is <laughs> in two thousand three. Oh Definitely. god. All right, let's get to this alternate ending I've heard so much about. Yeah, yeah. So, so
3: um to kick off from there, let, let's talk about how the movie, as we saw it, ends. You know, basically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, evil is is crushed and destroyed. And, you know, the the FBI kind of turns a blind eye, you know, just saying that, you know, Jennings was, uh, you know, he, he didn't make
2: it.
1: He didn't <laughs> make know, it.
2: That guy, the two detectives fall in love. They make eyes at each other. <laughs> let me
3: let me, <laughs> they let me do. just watch I mean, my
1: just broken watch in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. It's like, how you doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that what, guy. You want to
3: get
2: out of here? Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: Um so then we cut to they reunite with Paul Giamatti who has yet another set of facial hair like we've we've <laughs> gone um a couple hours now and have and said not a thing about Paul Giamatti's facial hair in this like First of all, and, and it's so funny because like so so I, I wear a short beard. You know, we're we're all kind of like, you know, beard adjacent folks. Michael Andrews dabbles and obviously uh, TFG one <laughs> Mike is the super beast. I love it. I I, I, I have a bit of jealousy for, for the for the for the, for the hagrid aesthetic there. Well, okay, um, this
1: is this is all your goddamn fault. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, a half a second of Rob Zombie. Right now, Super Beast. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one you wanted. Yeah, I'm Super
3: Beast. Oh my God, I have I have a uh, in my new car. I have uh, XM radio, and I have been stuck on this uh, channel. It's called XL Turbo and it's it's hard rock from the 90s and 2000s yeah yeah, it is. and um uh and it's a real-time capsule a real time warp because it takes me back to a time that music was aggressively not good like i mean (laughs) but but the thing that that Got me to fall in love with this with this station because most of it it's like a lot of nostalgia busters, a lot of like hey I remember that, hey uh, you know what I kind of like that, oh I really don't like that, you know it's a real real uh, uh, acid test there. But like in the same hour, I heard a deep cuts track from the mission impossible 2 soundtrack (laughs) um i think it was the metallica song so actually that's not i
1: disappear yeah yeah which which is a banger it is a banger but it's kind of a deep cut because it's from the soundtrack first more than the album itself exactly but the other one was the
3: was the rob zombie song from the escape from la soundtrack (laughs) oh shit! (laughs) i mean a song i have not heard in 20 years. And you want to talk about a time warp. I was just like that. That just again, I've had I've been having a lot of transportative moments in uh in the last week or so. But basically, like, you know, we cut to Paul Giamatti uh, to where he's got like a more sensible kind of like Van Dyke type of type of thing. Oh, that's where I was going with this. Like who amongst us has not had the folly of the goatee sideburns combo? yeah <laughs> i um had, i yep. spent i you know what in fact that hands. may have been the look i had in 2003 and i remember um uh, one of my coworkers who was uh very young and very attractive and she rolls up to me again very nicely and platonically but she's just like she's like nobody has sideburns and a goatee <laughs> pick one <laughs> pick one and and seeing Paul Giamatti come out with that look it just like it was a shock to the system because it is it is a horrendous look it is it's upsetting um but but anyway so it's like so so you see Paul Giamatti he's got like you know kind of normal uh facial hair uh you know uh, uh Michael and Rachel have settled into like this this uh uh misty uh, a greenhouse garden thing where they're like, you know, uh, rescuing plants, and there's, you know, some kind of analogy about, you know, uh, saving the world. Ben Affleck is like hauling fertilizer because apparently he's a blue collar guy now. You know, really, no- <laughs> nothing really says forsaking the white collar lifestyle than like hauling two bags of uh, fertilizer from one side of the room to the other. But then like you get this whole sequence with uh, the birds and it's like, oh, man, you really like those birds. That's really a thing. And he starts thinking about like, you know, the 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 fortune cookie fortune and the numbers and the birds. And it's like he does like this entire calculus to where he figures out that there's a winning lottery ticket underneath the uh, the bird's cage. And it turns out they they you know they they
1: they're they're in the money. Um, and, I, and I and I I love Giamatti. He's like, oh, you remember the birds, but you can't remember something that's gonna give us a payday. <laughs> yeah, right,
3: right, exactly. Oh man, don't forget about your buddy Shorty. Shorty needs to get paid too. Oh man, oh man, it's back to sleeping on the street for Shorty. I've lost helped. three damage deposits on this garden center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This oh man, this. This business is sinking real quick. Met F like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> um, so and then of course it's in the you know, trying trying to tie back to the beginning. It turns out it's 92 million dollars, and uh, and movie ends, you know, uh, happily yep. ever after. Yep. So in the alternate ending, it's uh it's quite a bit different. Um, okay. there are sim there are similarities, but um it opens where uh, plants are still involved, but this time the three of them are in a pickup truck together. Paul Giamatti is driving, and um, you know, Uma is kind of you know, kind of snuggled up next to Ben there, and there's there's a, a flatbed truck full of plants. And Paul Giamatti is giving this this whole speech about you know the the dichotomy between like you know, trying to, uh, change the world and, uh, you know, cause he's like rambling about like, uh, plants and, you know, kind of like, it's, it's kind of like a different version of some of the things that Uma Thurman says in the right. original ending. And he, and he says something kind of like with a, with a Paul Giamatti shrug, something about, you know, making the world a little more green and pretty. And then that scene ends. And cut 2 we're outside a pawn shop with uh with Ben Affleck and Uma Thurman and they're just aggressively making out on this motorcycle. Um and uh and Ben Affleck suddenly sees out of the corner of his eye the kid from the bus at the beginning of the movie. Um and the the kid sees Ben Affleck makes eye contact and the kid runs off. <laughs> Ben Affleck looks into the window, uh the window shop of this pawn shop and he sees the ring from the envelope that the kid took on the bus that All right that as we saw you know there, there there's earlier in the movie there's a line about like oh well you know I wouldn't have chased the kid off the bus or something like mm-hmm. that but he sees the ring and it goes exactly the way you would predict um he 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 sees it. He smiles. He tells Uma Thurman to stay put. I'll be right back. Um, immediately returns. So I don't, I don't know what the <laughs> the legislation situation was here. Killed the um, shop owner. And, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, cause it's it's real. Like he's just going back and like snapping necks or something like that. <laughs> and he comes out with a spring in his step, and he's like, well, you know, and they're they're. She says something to the effect of like, um, are are you? are you sure you can't remember anything? Um, you know, you still can't remember anything. And he's like, well, you know, I, I do remember something I was going to ask you cut a uh, fade to black.
1: Okay. Movies uh, over. There is I no am lo- perfectly happy with the ending we got then. Cause that's just <laughs> fucking lame. But, the, <laughs> but the, the, the,
3: the, like the, mystery, the mystery of where the lottery ticket went is that or or where it came from? It came from nowhere because that alternate or the the end the theatrical cut ending is a reshoot because the facial hair that Paul Giamatti has matches what he has earlier in the movie. Oh wow. So and and if you if you go back and watch the movie again, mm-hmm. everybody's got slightly different hair. Uh but 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 Paul Giamatti <laughs> is the is the one that
1: really really tips it off. This was totally a reshoot. Wow. That's crazy because I remember when movies like when they like I forget which actual movie but like if a movie says oh we, it's delayed because we have to do reshoots or whatever or like in the case of of Daredevil when they add a scene or they leave a scene in or the, whatever in the case mm-hmm. of the director's cut it's like oh, Sometimes I notice the difference. Obviously in Daredevil, you can't help but notice it's a whole courtroom scene. How do you miss that? Yeah. But like <laughs> some of the reshoots, you don't really notice and have it, Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I still I still like the the, the actual ending we got versus <laughs> that. Uh, I'm like, I'm rolling. Yeah, I think we need to see him here. get paid. Like, yeah,
2: I think that's... we would all have been like if you would have shown that he knew the numbers but not made money off of it. It's like, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing about the way the movie ends is that they he said to her, you know, I wouldn't trade our time for the war or she says to him, or whatever the line, like, I wouldn't trade our time for anything kind of thing. But at the same time, it would be nice if we could also have this cushion for ourselves. <laughs> and they Jeez. get that. So we know that Rachel and Michael are gonna stay together. We know that Shorty's gonna still have all his shorty to me in this movie he reminds me of uh he reminds me of wimpy with the hamburgers and Popeye. <laughs> so basically ben affleck is popeye uma thurman is olive oil i don't know how many more references i can make in the last two hours of different things that this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: <could be>. i <laughs> don't know man i kind of want a paul giamatti as wimpy spin-off movie
1: <laughs> i know right
3: because i i that really i really that like work. that casting because I mean it's it's a real uh, oh man, I, I'll gladly pay you a hamburger today to I'll yeah. pay you on Tuesday to get a hamburger Newburgh today. Day, yeah.
2: But it needs to be real like dark and artsy. We need like a French director. Uh <laughs> it needs to be like Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Uh, no! that's what we need something no. like that's the wimpy I want to see. Oh god Oh he, here's here's what you do.
3: Here's what you do. It it's just sideways, but with with the cast yeah. of Popeye.
1: <laughs> and it's hamburgers instead of alcohol. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so like at the end of the movie Wimpy is is kind of sitting in a nondescript hamburger shack, but he's got like this this glorious you know, like wagyu premium steak the uh, steak burger that he's been hanging on to and he's just eating it in like this dirt ass diner. You know, he's finally got like that like that premium hamburger that he'd never Arby's. never thought he would get into.
1: Get out of my head, dude! My first (laughs) thought was fucking Luther Stickle, Vingray's Arby's, we have the meats.
2: (laughs) I don't know, I'm picturing sort of a... a Barney's film entry in the Simpsons episode, right? Like that's the (laughs) yes. Oh my God, yes! (laughs) Don't cry for me, (laughs) for I am already (laughs) dead. Oh, poor sad smart Barney.
5: That's right,
3: poor sad sad smart Barney.
1: But you know, it's it's interesting though because like.
3: I I am interested to see what's on these two commentary tracks. It's like one of them is from John Woo himself Mm -hmm. who not to be uncomfortable about it. English is obviously not his first language. And, uh, and there, there are portions of that featurette I spoke to where he is speaking through a translator. So I th- to me that that commentary sounds like it's it's rough sledding. And then the other one is by the uh, screenwriter who I I really need my reading glasses. I cannot read this. Uh, <laughs> Dean Dean somebody. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I know
1: you're talking about.
3: So anyway, so it, you know I I might check those out and uh and report back on uh on on social media. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see uh what other further treasures are in the in the (laughs) paycheck uh special collector's edition dvd from
2: 2004 yeah i just like the idea that someone sat down and was like i have a lot to say about this Uh, (laughs) we we don't get that a lot anymore
3: I mean, well, well, 20 we,
2: years later, we're getting it right now. But
3: I was going to say, we've been here for two hours, my friends. We, we've <laughs> already eclipsed the runtime of the movie.
1: I know, right? Even with the editing down, I'll end up doing it. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's still going to be a two-hour tour here. Yeah. Alright, which, so which uh, 180. Cybert, actually. Must Yeah, tired. I was gonna say, man
3: I mean, I, I could go for I two mean, it, more mean, it, It's on
1: par, and don't you goddamn I will make you edit this shit You, go, you talk for two more hours for, <laughs> <laughs> just, When you say but it's I,
2: only been two hours Cut to the Ace Ventura I'm sorry, <laughs> it must be cold <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will leave bat guano in your stocking, damn it <laughs> oh, god.
3: But yeah right. guys, I mean I mean 118 minutes. I mean like just just an eyelash under 2 hours. Two hours delightful what what a treat what a treat this was
1: it's a a great movie it's and this is what i miss about movies and movies are enjoyable today i've seen a lot of them that i like but we've gotten like we've already mentioned in the last two hours we've gotten so entrenched in cinematic universes and and look i'm the biggest one of the biggest continuity buffs you'll (laughs) ever find because i like my continuity but I also like that – this is one of the reasons why I don't like doing single-issue comics. I need the trade. I need the whole story all at once kind of thing. And this movie has it, beginning, middle, and end, and it, it's exciting. And, and again, the music – Like I, as soon as I finished watching the thing, I put the soundtrack on – the score on from John Powell. And I'm like, this music outside of this movie still is amazing and because it just is but uh i'm glad you brought that up because it kind of reminded
2: me i was noticing like especially at the ending it definitely had like kind of a star wars uh feel to it yep very much so judy was boring
0: hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy
2: hello geeks and geekettes looking for a podcast that covers a vast array
0: of topics then check out altered geek unleashed where we discuss our
2: thoughts on this week's geeky news tech gaming television shows movies cartoons comics and more so get altered get geeky with the altered geeks every friday on the geekcast radio network
0: Because the world needs another movie podcast. The Geek Cast Radio Network presents for your listening pleasure, The Cinema Geek.
2: Hosted by
4: Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan.
0: Each week we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news. Play movie games. Go in depth on reviews.
4: And even have a top ten countdown or two.
3: Also, don't miss our director retrospective series, where we review noted directors' movies film by film. Bottom line is, if you love movies and love podcasts,
0: you need to experience the cinema geeks. You can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or GeekcastRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
5: A laundry? Ooh, a book club computer solitaire
0: huh Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com
3: no
6: purchase necessary with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Future.
2: Like science fiction? Of course you do or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Mark Who Universe Podcast
1: is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU pop culture and everything
2: in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and
1: all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Marku 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond.
6: With the Lucky Lance slots you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: What's up, folks? My name is Mike, and I am the host of the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast, your favorite Transformers adjacent podcast, and I've got 60 seconds to tell you all about my show. Good thing I've got a catchy theme song to do most of the work for me. I also talk about the Transformers, the movie, about as much as I talk about Boba Fett. My guests are independent artists who tell their stories and give terrific advice about pursuing your creative interests, and I encourage you to do the same thing. Even if I can't take my own advice. Gravity is not my first best strength, but you can subscribe to Mike Seibert Radio on most podcast apps so you never miss an episode. Make a choice. Want to learn a bit about the Transformers? Think you know everything about Cybertron, but are looking to learn a little bit more? Enroll today at Transformers University Podcast. Each episode will tackle a piece of Transformers history, starting in
5: 1984 and marching our way up to today. Hosted by me, Anthony Brucali,
1: three-time Emmy Award winner and consulting producer on Netflix's The Toys That Made Us, and lifelong Transformers fan, we'll go on a journey through cartoons
3: and comics toys and movies and all the weird esoterica from around the world chronicling the adventures of everyone's favorite robots in disguise listen to transformers university on itunes google spotify youtube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts
5: transform and roll out
6: on the simplistic reviews podcast we talk movies we talk tv we talked. Oh, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spot sound more exciting by adding explosions.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Car, car.
6: Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com.
1: I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't.
5: What's my favorite baseball team? What? What's my favorite baseball team?
6: That
1: would be the Red Sox. All right, so we have a special segment on this episode of Studio 2009 (laughs) because Mr. Seibert has to, you know, go that extra mile, that extra, extra mile. And on social media, he told everybody to say nice things about Paycheck. And I remember what I said. Uh, Best reverse engineering movie or best movie about reverse engineering or whatever the hell it was. But, yes, you have all these responses from the people so let the people be heard sir
3: i was really surprised by the quantity of responses i got i got a lot of responses on twitter i got a lot of responses on my personal facebook um mike i think you were the only person who commented on the instagram so that that tells you about <laughs> my my reach and influence there maybe maybe i just need to uh start wearing like less clothes or something because it, it just seems like oh my my, in, my instagram is just it, it's just like <laughs> Overrun with just like uh, thirsty thoughty posts. It's just like no more thoughts. I, no I love you, dude. No, we
1: do not need streaking cybert on Instagram. Thank you very much. I <laughs> nobody I, get that uh,
2: hashtag trending. Uh,
1: <laughs> nothing.
3: <laughs> I a million percent agree with that. In fact, I I'm going to start uh, Patreon so that you can <laughs> pay me to keep my clothes on. Cause uh, Lord, nobody <laughs> nobody needs that. Yeah, nobody needs
2: that. He so started anyway, a website called No Fans.
1: No, <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I triple oh, dog man. dare you. I triple dog dare you. You have to do it now.
3: Once again, the master of naming things. That that's amazing.
1: SRP.nofans.com
3: <laughs> Use uh, use promo code nope at checkout to get no percentage off.
1: <laughs> zero mics, zero furious. <laughs> yes, yes. Do not want. Do not want. Oh, I love it.
3: All right, so so I'm gonna do do these just rapid fire because some of them are 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 you know smart mouthed, but um let's see so so I put out uh say something nice about paycheck, it's got puzzle pieces on the cover, <laughs> um <laughs> uh it lists some great movies on the cover uh this one uh this one from dr brainstorm the uh the writer of thunderclash goes bananas that uh that transformers fan comic um a girl i liked in high school was really into the quote-unquote twist and i got more than one conversation with her out of it no dates though a better movie would have landed me a date
2: (laughs) i really liked that one though i did see that one uh that that to me uh, man after my own heart there, like that was yeah. that was me in high school. Just just take her to the right film, it'll it'll
1: yeah. Surely win unlock road. it. <laughs> Qu- quick aside here, <laughs> folks. It's funny that that is the story that comes up because I took the girl I had a crush on in 2003 to the Italian
4: job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
2: that's a good move.
3: Well, that's right. Uh,
2: can I tell you one of my great ones? Uh, Please. In yeah. high school, I landed a date with the. Uh, gorgeous foreign exchange student from spain um agreed to go to a movie with me i took her to the musketeer do you remember the musketeer martial arts retelling of three musketeers yep. the singular
3: um, singular musketeer no i i don't know if i know this one
2: oh yeah it's uh kind of hot on the tails of uh, crouching tigers very martial arts heavy um but anyway so the musketeer i took her to that and i'm i'm into the movie a lot of action it's great I look over at her. She's got her hand over her face and she goes, my people, they're dying. (laughs) Because it's all Spanish people dying in that
4: movie. Oh, no. That was the enemy.
2: No. (laughs) Droves of Spanish people dying. No second date for you. (laughs) Nope. Zero. (laughs) Zero.
3: I do remember this one. I could see the poster for it now, where it's like the dude like hanging off the side, and he's yeah. get, he's get, he's getting ready to murk a Spaniard right there on the poster. <laughs> yeah, right? he is. As uh, you've never seen it before, this dude's got
1: an appetite for murder, <laughs> starring Mina Savari, Tim Roth, and Justin Chambers. Yeah, yes. awesome. murking the Spanish on
3: the on the on the regular there oh my goodness, the, this trailer is rolling here and now I want to watch this. Because uh, <laughs> it, again, this looks like a checks Notes, a very Michael Andrews movie.
2: <laughs> it, is, it is. And also, if I can throw another clue, uh, it's kind of like Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, that uh, retelling of it. I really like that one too. Yeah, yeah. Good good ass
3: movie. Good ass yeah. movie. Let's see. What, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about something else and I lost my train of thought. Damn it.
1: Go back to your f- rapid fires, then. Oh, I got it. I got it.
3: yeah. So it yeah, it was something something about something about the musketeer, but uh, and maybe Count of Monte Cristo. It does not matter. We uh, we go back to the tweets and my buddy Skeeter. Um, I like the font they used.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. It's a good font. It's a good
3: it's a good ass it's a good ass font. Yeah, yeah. Looking at you, avatar. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, from found on shelf podcast, dot, dot, dot. At least it's not things. I don't know what things is and I'm not going to look it up.
1: Hello, Justin. I know that guy. He helped me move from Washington to Indiana. Oh no shit. That's that's funny. Yeah. I, I, I need to listen to more of his show, but, but yeah, that, that was awesome. Apparently it's a
2: 1989, uh, independent direct to video horror film.
3: Oh boy. I okay. I wonder if that's just something that they covered recently on their on their podcast or something like that. That that's just a just a very weird uh, uh anyway, we continue with rapid fire uh, with my dude GIJ the uh, uh given all the bargains out on uh, twitter.com. Uh Batman and Two-Face are in it? Question mark? <laughs> And that's uh and that's it for Twitter. The 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 gold is really in Facebook though, cause my uh, my friends really showed up. Said no one ever.
1: <laughs> Stop it.
3: <laughs> There's no reason to be mean. So yeah. Uh, Before uh, you
1: go, I need to correct. Not Justin. Dustin. Dustin is. I'm sorry, Dustin. But yes, Dustin, uh, one of the hosts of Found On Shelf. He helped me move uh, a lot of my stuff uh, out of the apartment when I had to move a couple of years ago. Go ahead. Sorry. Thank you, Dustin. I appreciate. Yeah.
3: It. Yes, thank you, thank you. I, I bonded with that dude over a movie called New York Ninja that uh, that that came out uh, their last year or the year before, um, because yeah, it, it seemed to strike both of us a, a very similar chord. Delightful movie from Vinegar Syndrome, but uh, we we could talk about that um a different day. I keep promising my audience I'm going to do a podcast on New York Ninja and I never do, but I'll uh I'll, I'll get to it. Maybe, maybe I'll reach out to Dustin and do a do a collab or something like that because <laughs> be I good. I know. I know he really likes that movie, and and his uh uh they they did a terrific episode on it. So it's like after listening to their episode, I kind of felt like I didn't need to do one because theirs, <laughs> theirs was so good. Uh, but anyway, so uh, uh, Steve King writes, um, I like when I get my paycheck? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> it's good. Uh, Whirl from Sidefest. Uh, uh, once in future guest, it's one of the movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Of which many people threw a haha on that. <laughs> That's great. Um, I I thought it was going to be a Born Identity ripoff, and was not was not only pleased that it wasn't, but that I also enjoyed it.
4: There you go. Uh, right. That
3: that that from my buddy Tom, uh, my buddy Garrett, uh, Nemesis Slime writes, it's in widescreen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, th- th- this is this is going to be a little bit of like. Uh, uh, Facebook foreshadowing. So one day ago, uh, Rebecca writes, "I enjoyed it quite a. I, I I quite enjoyed it. Now I feel like watching it again." Um, uh, more folks uh, uh, writing. Uh, based on a Philip K. Dick story, one of my favorite authors. I loved this film. Uh, that from uh, Jeff, one of my coworkers. Oh, awesome. Um, another Mike. Uh, enters the chat i know i know i saw it but i don't remember at all so comma kind of forgettable <laughs> Ooh, put that right on the cover make that yeah. on, on uh, the speaking screen. speaking of on the cover uh my my buddy anthony burcali tfu.info himself right it was previously viewed yeah <laughs>
1: I'm gonna punch that guy <laughs> um, <laughs> with kindness. With kindness. <laughs>
3: yes, yes. Uh, uh, Diecast writes it has Uma Thurman in it.
2: does. Yep. That, good call.
3: Uh, my buddy Nathan, uh, the disc, the disc, the movie is on occupies physical space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my buddy Eric, it was only $9.99. Uh, <laughs> crying, laughing face. <laughs> Uh, Jerrica writes, uh, this makes me want to rewatch it again, exclamation point. I remember it being interesting. Yep. Nice. Uh, Burr Martin, the selfie dad himself, writes, it's a prequel to Snyder's Batman and Two-Face. To which my Ah. buddy Nick uh, comments and says, and Poison Ivy. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Nick made a comment of his own.
1: It's a sequel to Poison Ivy since she was first in 97. That is true.
3: Nick made a comment of his own. The case says it all on the bottom of the cover l o l and then and then this i I think I need some legislative assistance from this Uh-oh. because i i don't I do not understand it. Let's see so but, 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 but where is it? Uh, um, Dale writes it was a great read in nineteen fifty three and a great movie 50 years later he uh included a screenshot of a uh i can't tell if it's a oh it's it's like a pulp novel or something because it says like um uh imagination stories of science and fantasy june 1953 35 cents uh the star lord by uh by boyd landry so not philip k dick i don't understand so maybe that was like a collection of short stories of which this is that was where it
2: was first uh featured ah the the short story that maybe inspired it got it probably yeah uh my What what did you say it was called mike
3: uh imagination uh stories of science and fantasy
2: Oh, yep, right here. That's uh that's where it uh premiered.
3: And this the, uh this story. this uh this cover is sick because, so like I'm a you know Mike you could uh, feel free and edit this out mm-hmm. if uh you feel the need to but I'm going to I'm going to post a uh picture of the cover here in the Skype chat uh, yeah, so you guys I can kind of Yeah. Yeah.
2: I good.
3: mean it's it's pretty wicked. I mean there there's like this uh you know it seems like a uh, star-crossed lovers and an exploding spaceship and and she ain't wearing a whole lot it was a uh, it, no. it was certainly it was certainly the 50s uh in that but yeah i just uh i i, I thought that was uh that was incredibly uh fascinating there uh we uh, we continue just a couple more here Scotty the driver of the bumblebee camaro here uh locally uh adds the actors involved got one you know the 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 particular patron. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: well done.
3: Jesse from Robots and Coffee wrote, It's not the worst movie Ben Affleck has done, to which he responds to his own <laughs> comment and says, He's been in some real turkeys, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Winky face. Yeah. Winky face. Mm. And And, and and to, uh, and to close this out, uh, on a profound note, uh, Rebecca writes who we heard from earlier saying like, what was it? I quite enjoyed it. Now I feel like rewatching again. So uh, apparently 10 hours ago, she watched it again. (laughs) Um, uh, so I'm watching it again and have a better analysis. Now it's based on the Philip K. Dick short story, which means there's a major theme of quote, if we do figure out how to do XYZ, we need to ask ourselves if we should do it. End quote. It's got explosions, hypothetical science, greedy bad guys, and other fun stuff. I still enjoy it, exclamation point. And I figured that that was the best way to uh, um, uh, close out uh, this segment called uh, Say Something Nice About Paycheck. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, no, Love it. It's, no, I, like I said, there's like, A couple of nitpicky things, but even those, I mean, it's a good movie. The two times I've seen it in the last two weeks, as I said at the top of the two hours that we started this thing, up until that goddamn White Dove, I did not remember this was woo at all. (laughs) Like, it does not, to me, other than that one thing, that quote-unquote defining thing that i know him because he does that like it just feels a very like subtle he... thing that he does it's just oh no, i didn't say blinking you miss it no no, no. no you're wide eyed. your your eyes are bloodshot in order <laughs> to see that it damn clockwork orange like, uh exactly. yeah that,
3: that's some of that that signature michael andrews dry wit that folks uh are more than accustomed to yeah. now <laughs> over on two mics Too furious
1: that's right here's johnny
3: Bone dry, bone saw is ready. (laughs) Bone
1: saw is ready.
3: Yeah, yeah. His his favorite Mario Kart character is Dry Bones. (laughs) Yes. He's like, that's my guy.
2: (laughs) He's a little too damp for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. On that note, we're gonna go to a quick ad break. You're gonna hear an ad for Two Mike's Too Furious Mike Cybert radio program and a bunch of other stuff. We'll come back to close the show right after
6: This. We
3: are Two Mike's Two Furious, a podcast where we watch every episode of Transformers Animated and discuss from two different points of view. I'm Mike Seibert and I've never watched Transformers Animated before. And guiding me on this journey is author Michael Andrews.
2: Hello. Yes, longtime Transformers Animated fan, serial rewatcher. I've seen it plenty of times. So if you've never watched
3: Transformers animated but always wanted a reason to, now's your chance. Likewise, if you've binged the series several times, it's a great reason to watch through again with us. Because regardless, if you're a seasoned vet or a newbie, there's something for every fan. Because I ask questions. Why is Prowl such a dick? <laughs> so that he can be not a dick later, I think is the Subscribe to 2 mikes Too
2: furious on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Are we coming off furious enough? I feel like we're not living up to the... Are, are we supposed to be like more angry, more fired up?
1: We're, we're really in a good mood. We really enjoy talking to each other. ToyCast is back. We are talking toys once more here on the GeekCast Radio Network's Toy and Action Figure Podcast. From breaking into the display case to our toy topic talk and the brand new Origins in Toy Collections where we get guests to tell us their toy story of how they got into toy collecting. ToyCast is the only toy podcast you will ever need. Find us on geekcastradio.com and any podcatching client you choose to use. Now go forth, transform and transcend your toy collecting today while listening to ToyCast. Mark. (laughs) Thank you. Leave Mr. Wahlberg out of this. This isn't a Transformers movie, damn it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh shit, bro. We found a Transformer. <laughs> God, could you imagine this movie with Marky Mark Wahlberg in it?
1: Oh, no. yes. it would be Domit. way worse. All those comments would be less no, no.
2: He plays Aaron Eckhart's character. That's what I'm picturing now.
1: Oh, God, no <laughs> hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, bro. I saw the future.
3: <laughs> fucking sax win again. There's war, Mikey. <laughs> oh, what are we God. gonna do? <clears throat> oh man. Th- then yeah. it's like so the-, the climax of the movie is just Marky Mark Wahlberg V Ben Affleck and they just have a fucking Boston off. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you? <laughs> hell yeah. It it's
3: just a Dunkin Donuts commercial. It's like it's like how can how can we out-boston this? And then suddenly the door swings open, the white doves come out, and then <laughs> out comes Matt Damon. So, oh <laughs> like, god. Oh, it. It's funny he's you just say that. He's wearing like an all white suit like he's in like an equilibrium or something.
1: <laughs> the thing I was going to say was Alright, a, a Boston off You got you got uh, Affleck And and Wahlberg yeah. Matt Damon is the Mills Lane Of Boston Yes, yes <laughs> Oh shit All right. oh, that's I was going to say,
2: you could just have it end Exactly the way The Departed ended If you're going to put Mark Wahlberg in it
1: Pretty much, yeah
3: Hi, I'm Dan And I'm the host of the Rock Nerd Radio Show Which airs live on HudsonRiverRadio.com every Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It also gets backed up as a podcast, which you can find on your preferred podcasting platform. Every week on my show,
2: I talk about all kinds of pop culture. I talk about music. I talk about movies, TV, comics, collectibles, and so much more. I also feature
3: a guest on my show periodically, which you might enjoy. I have a couple of special segments on my show one called the cover song of the week and my favorite thing in the world this week. If you think this sounds cool, check it out sometime. I hope you do.
1: We are back here inside Studio 2009. I hope everyone has enjoyed this Christmas extravaganza as we all don't get our paychecks here. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mr. Seibert, Mr. Andrews, Seibert first, then Andrews. Uh, Final thoughts, anything you want to say before I run through the closing? Is Paycheck a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes, it is. The other one sure as hell isn't
3: yeah no i I think this this movie is an underrated gem. It's like it's like we we've already talked about so much throughout this episode. There's so many people that just like either haven't heard of it or vaguely remembered much like me. i mean, i think I think of the three of us, I was probably less of a student than you guys were like I you know I I, I shared this this wonderfully beautiful romantic story earlier in the show right. but like basically after I watched this DVD in 2004 I think it just kind of faded into my long-term memory you know like right next to the Italian job of movies that like I know I like but I don't necessarily go back to so this this was a pleasure to go back and resurrect this and and share it with the folks on my socials and to really like rekindle uh, some of those sensory memories that, that I talked about earlier, but really just kind of like in, in the, in the John Woo odyssey, th- this is an interesting footnote because for whatever reason, despite this being a massive hit, this is John Woo's last American movie until so- uh, silent night. Yeah. um so and i don't know what the story is there i don't know what to make of that obviously he went back to hong kong to ma- maybe he had had enough of the hollywood system i don't really know that story but yeah th- this is I-, I i would classify paycheck as a hidden gem and kind of a uh forgotten treasure um one thing i forgot to talk about with uh with regards to when we were talking about the performances how charming is Ben Affleck in this? Like, you know, there there's like on your bingo cards, you have like the Ben Affleck side smirk smile and that's that's just Ugh, magic there. That I that's melt. that that's just gold. And it's like, you know, for all the jokes about who else could have been in this movie, it's it's 2003 era Ben Affleck, you know, post Armageddon, post Daredevil it it's the right star at the right time for the right role, and yeah, just just seeing that smile flash even then kind of brings in just kind of like this wave of like 2000 era nostalgia. I'm I'm gonna drive home and listen to as much uh, shitty new metal as as I can. <laughs> it's, but yeah, th- this this was a blast, guys. So much fun.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And if there were any more days that I so. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get sick of Studio 2009. You're probably sick of this podcast already because at the ta- – so part of my goal for the show this year was to celebrate as many anniversaries as I could. We've gotten Armageddon. We've gotten – what else came out at Jurassic Park. We've gotten a bunch of other things. But like this is – like like I said, this is coming out Christmas Day. The final episode of the year is a Star Wars episode. I believe it's is it solo? I I forget what Dave and I did, but that's that's on New Year's Eve. Oh, nice! But if I could have gotten one more episode in here, we and we'll probably do it next year in the early parts of the year. But the three of us are definitely going to be doing Italian job because I love that fucking (laughs) hell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I
3: just watched that two weeks ago. It is a right banger.
1: Well, we can record it next Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Jason,
3: Jason Statham with hair? Yes, please. I, my friends don't believe me. They're like, that guy never had hair. And I'm like, well, it's, it's, yeah.
2: Yeah, man. I think that's what? your nickname at the office, isn't it, Mike? Uh, Jason <laughs> Statham, Statham with, with hair? <laughs> hair.
3: <laughs> that's what they call you. Yeah. So, uh, so random question for us before. Um, um, obviously, Michael Andrews, I, I you know, we yeah, got, we got to hear your closing the, yeah. thoughts as well. I don't mean to stomp on. I'm you, the but Lindsay like, Buckingham.
4: Yeah. But, but, You're but a, a question
3: that if I don't ask it now, it'll slip from my mind. What is the origin of this episode like? I don't even remember the story of how is it that TFG1 oh, Mikes reached out to yeah. the two Furious Mikes
1: and says, let's you talk about Paycheck. You guys mentioned – he mentioned – I think it was him mentioning it because like yeah. you said, you were kind of just – you were on the fringe. Mm-hmm. He mentioned it on one of the two Mikes, two Furious episodes and – The first thing I was like, wait a minute, was it 2003 or 2004, 2003, 2004? I went and I looked it up and I'm like, okay, we're doing the 20th anniversary because it was December 25th, 2003. Like I've said multiple times in the last two and a half hours. So, yeah, it was basically Mr. Andrews had mentioned it on Two Mikes, Too Furious. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if I know anybody else that really loves this movie the way I like. If I was to watch this movie on repeat, I probably could. I'm glad I don't. But every once in a while, this is a movie that I will. Yes, I've watched it twice in the last two and a half weeks to make sure I'm prepared for this recording. But before that, I think I watched it like four years ago. It's Mm. just a movie I can go back to a lot of the time because it's just enjoy. It's like we've said in the last two hours, it's an enjoyable kind of sci-fi thriller action movie with, Back to the Future bits in it.
2: Yeah, I think actually too, it was it was August twentieth. It was yes. airing on Pluto. That's and, right. Uh, I <laughs> tweeted out I love paycheck with the Michael Scott I love bankruptcy uh gif under it.
4: it <laughs> I <just> declare, <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. I declare. Uh, so I was watching it on Pluto, and you know, it's one of those movies when it comes on, it's like, oh, yeah, I got nothing better to do. I'm I'm gonna stick right here and watch this till the end.
1: Yep, hmm. absolutely. All right, Mr. Andrews,
2: give us your final thoughts, sir. Sure, sure. Well, I'll keep mine short and sweet here. Uh, I just think, like I was saying, it's a lot of fun when it's on. I like to watch it. Uh, It's a good thing to pop in. Uh, And I'll say this, it's better than the movie *Tenant*. That's where I want to leave it at.
1: Thank you for joining us here inside the studio. <laughs> if you'd <laughs> like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can check us out on any, any of the podcasting clients you choose to use. I personally prefer Spotify, but that's just me. Follow us on X at geekcastradio for the network at it's ITS studio 2009 all one word for the show. I am at TF2 and Mike. Mr. Seibert, your twitters, please. I know you have like seven of them. Oh sure. Well, actually, and, and like I think I,
3: I, I'm going to try and experiment here with oh. uh, with Michael Andrews. I'm going to put Michael Andrews on the on the spot a little bit. So, um, but but I'll, I'll start off. It's like you know we're we're going to, we're going to do the 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 tango, not not unlike that scene in Mission Impossible 2. I just happen to be the in the Tom Cruise role here. But <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of start us off. It's like. Yeah, exactly. So you can uh, you can listen to my podcast, Mike Cybert Radio. Uh, pretty much everything, wherever you listen to everything else on the GeekCast Radio and all of TFG One Mike's find podcasts. You know, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever your preferred podcast platform is. You can connect with me on social medias. I am on. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram all at Mike Cybert Radio, all one word. The spelling on my last name is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. And I am also a part of another podcast. I'm I'm by myself, I am only furious, but by our but our (laughs) powers combined, uh we are two mics too furious. But uh but Michael Andrews, could you please tell folks? where they could find two Mike's too furious and and how they could follow us in all those awesome places Ooh, you are really putting
2: me on the spot aren't yeah. you see, uh. see,
3: now, now you get to be tandaway newton in this uh, in this scene with like your flowing red dress and stuff and yeah yes
2: that. uh yeah you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts um spotify google play while it lasts uh any anywhere you get your apple i hear apple's a good time uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at 2 Mikes2Furious, and you can find me at Michael Andrews on just about everything. Nice.
3: And you can uh, you can also creep the the 2M2F YouTube channel, which while we don't necessarily have a whole lot of videos on there, that seems to be the the hub for for listener feedback and commentary. But that also includes our uh, our recent uh, Michael Andrews slash sorry Sumdac birthday uncor- uncontrollable extravaganza that was like a five hour live stream we did that I I swear eventually I'm gonna chop down and edit and put up in podcasts I just I just
2: haven't had time but that, uh, but, but <laughs> well, that's that, okay
3: that, that was that was that was a ton of fun though
2: but my yeah. finest so- hour I think is the subtitle for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> your finest hour or your darkest hour <laughs> which <laughs> one you pick I can't deal the with the this end, you know now.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, but thanks buddy I, I appreciate you jumping in on that Yeah, thank you
1: All right, We're also on Facebook, GeekCast Radio Network You can also check out Studio 2009 Podcast Over there as well Join us next time when Dave and I will be Closing out the year with 12 months of Star Wars as we Discuss Solo, a Star Wars Story as we are going through All of the Star Wars Films to this point In chronological story order oh boy i'm not looking forward to rogue one so for now i'm tf2 and mike with i'm mike sybert i'm michael andrews you'll hear us back in the studio soon and make good choices and eat some pizza yeah
5: right now domino's pizza is dealing and you're going to be a winner two regular cheese pizzas are 888 Pay just a little more for the toppings of your choice, and you've got one great deal. Your pizzas will be hot and fresh from the oven, because Domino's Pizza delivers in less than 30 minutes. So discard this joker, and be a winner. Get two regular cheese pizzas for $8.88. But
2: don't miss out. This deal ends soon. Call Domino's Pizza now. Yeah, I, I was tossing
1: pizza back uh, about yeah! five minutes ago. <laughs> Well, it is Friday, so it's pizza night. <laughs> it is pizza night.
3: That's right. <laughs> right. Well, now I'm going to have to get some pizza tonight. I, I I was not intending to get pizza tonight, but uh We just uh, made I, your
1: I, mind up for you.
3: I I guess so. Yep. I was unaware of this Friday pizza
2: ritual that I guess I will now have to observe. So I do this to my work team every Friday on our stand up. I start talking about pizza and they're like, "Oh, damn it.
1: I going to get pizza." That's right.
3: It does sound pretty good. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: yep, yep, yep.
3: What
2: uh okay. what, what kind of zoe are you slinging over there? I got a uh, Papa Murphy's tonight, the Take and Bake. Oh, hell's yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff.
1: You get You, you guys get have what? is that
2: like a like a chain everyone has access to is that
1: pretty big? Sort of, yeah, kind of.
2: I'm a, I'm down with
3: the Murphy. I'm I I'm a member right. of the Murphy Militia for sure.
1: <laughs> I, I am not. I find it lazy. Here, we're gonna half bake it, put it in the freezer. It's essentially frozen pizza that you can cook at home. <laughs> you lazy bastards. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I and, mean, if you I'm know, the price frozen. has gone up quite a bit, so
2: it's it, not like you're saving yeah. money by doing it.
1: No, like I could spend the same amount of money on DiGiorno or Red Baron or whatever. It's all frozen pizza.
2: Yeah, I was going to say we got two pizzas tonight. and It was like 40 bucks. And I was like, oh, oh wait, and we had a God. coupon. And I was like, oh. wait a second. <laughs> this is restaurant was, pricing.
3: See, I was going to say, that's why you got to get that XL New York. That's like 10 bucks. That's that's Ooh, like yeah. the best deal they got. Hell yeah, with like that 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 enormous pepperoni there, love it. <laughs>